And you swear you did not have a conversation before that you were going to say yes or no at the altar. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. Typically with these episodes that deal with a very popular arena of pop culture that is met with high engagement, we have a lot of new listeners. And to give you a little bit of context, I am a 32-year-old Chicago-based entrepreneur, author, pop culture commentator, podcast host that really started this podcast two years ago to have a place to discuss and explore all of my highly specific unnecessarily analytic and, you know, really not journalistically integrous opinions and interests as it relates to pop culture. One one of these realms being reality television. And today I have the privilege of interviewing Mark of Mark and Jessica fame from Love is Blind. Now, if you're new here, this is actually not a podcast that is centered on reality television. It's a part of what I love to talk about because I believe pop culture kind of has these two realms one being the traditional entertainment factor it's usually associated with. But then there's all this whole separate, almost experiential, observational humor aspect of what I find to be so interesting about um, millennials, both past and present, that I love to dissect on this podcast. So if you ever want to tune back in, we have a lot of fun episodes. We have the whole deep dive into Mormon mommy bloggers. We have, um, on January, I did a two-part series where listeners submitted their uh, you know, most horrendous bridesmaid stories uh, because, you know, of all the things that happened in the 2010s, perhaps the most offensive is the collection of Etsy floral uh, bridesmaid robes I have in my closet. Uh, we talk about serious things like the, you know, purity movement in the 90s and 2000s and how that shamed a generation of, of young women, in my opinion, from like these church camps. I think youth groups like a funny part of pop culture at one point in your life. And I love to talk about nostalgic things as well. Um, we talk about more modern things like, you know, TikTok and Bumble. But last week I did more of a monologue style um, analysis of 2010's home decor after feeling triggered by mention of a bar cart because we really got behind those in the 2010s, which then forayed into a discussion of all things farm culture and my fear that, you know, shiplap is heralded and wood paneling is, you know, torn down. But isn't wood paneling the longitude to shiplap's white latitude? It's very confusing, and I fear Joanna Gaines might ultimately be our loss because of the high volume of livestock artwork in the modern home. And these are the things that I care about and just feel are underreported, you know, in the e-news, us weekly daily mails of it all. And that's why I'm here. Um, but we talk about a lot of different things, light and heavy, serious and otherwise. And um, I love uh, when I can get an interview with the person who is really at the center of the conversation and get their take. And I am so excited to interview Mark. We've been talking about this show for weeks. Um, perhaps the most incredible example of how kind and engaged my listeners are is that this interview was set up by two listeners. Um, and like the past couple years, I just can't even believe how you guys, you know, go out of your way for me. And this is not an easy interview to get right now. And thank you to Diana and Kaylee. Um, this was so much fun. I honestly was so impressed by Mark. I'll explain to you some of my thoughts toward the end about some of the things he said and like what's kind of been brought up since then the complication i had in reviewing this show is that there's two sides of me the person that needed to interview and deep dive into mark's experience specifically because he's being generous with his time and i want 
the detail from his point of view. But like, I also just want to like pile on these cast members. Like, like there's so much behavior that is un- unwell in this show that I could just joke about for two hours. But like, Mark's not going to talk shit about his cast members. He also has to be careful because this was weird timing in between the reunion, um, like the last episode in the reunion. So we couldn't say a lot. So for all of the more loose, candid conversation of myself as a viewer and not an interviewer, my sister and I did record on patreon.com slash be there in five. That's the hub with like bonus content that I don't think fits the regular podcast um, that we posted our recap of the finale on Sunday. If you want to listen to that as well. And then I'll also post another episode that I recorded with Courtney that we where we recap the interview with Mark and answer the Instagram questions we didn't get to. OK, here's the thing. Kelly and I, my sister, we were just the the finale was like everything and nothing. And it was maybe the first episode. Obviously, the show premise is wild, but it was the first episode where we were tipped off to be like, eh, this something is off here. They didn't think this through. Like Damien and Janina's was just like not believable, especially compared to something as pure as like Cam and Lauren's wedding. Giannina and Damien, like, I don't know. <laughs> like Giannina's scene can only be described as like an, an audition for a Dr. Drake Ramore Days of Our Lives level cheese ball soap opera called Runaway Blind, where she is a bride running through a grassy, you know, knoll to nowhere. I mean, it truly was the Colton Underwood school of fence jumping and running to nowhere that she must have attended because unless she was really searching for valet parking or I don't know, perhaps the back nine of that suburban Atlanta golf course, she trips, gets a gnarly grass stain, then comes back to the banquet hall with no grass stain and manages to exhibit motor skills that somebody under severe emotional distress that just got left at the altar normally wouldn't be able to execute, such as a very precise tear of a somewhat tough fabric that you would need a preliminary Chippendale style tear to really be able to pull it off in such a seamless manner. She manages to lift a stacked banquet chair, slam them down, insist they talk. I The whole thing, the theatrics were ridiculous and not believable, but then some of them were, and I guess it's just like any other reality show where there's couples involved, be it 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, whatever, and that some people are there for the theatrics, some people are there to find love. And I don't think there's any one answer, but I have a lot of contradicting thoughts about this show in general. I think I struggle with a lot of the same things you guys do. I watch a lot of reality TV. I feel like at this point I can sniff out a manufactured scene or a redone scene from something that actually is happening in real time. And it's like, oh my God, what are we watching? For example, Amber telling Jessica she'd break her face. I believe that. That was that scene was actually a beautiful, beautifully captured moment in time. Um, but also like on what planet would two decent people not discuss beforehand if they were being filmed, if they were going to say yes or no at the altar, you know, it's just, it's hard to believe, you know, was there some sort of incentive to be a character and to plan if you were going to say yes or no in advance. So you could just date after, because if you don't have to get married, why would you? Um, I think that, you know, you hear things like Amber's $700 credit card limit and you're like, girlfriend, I think you have a visa gift card. I, we're on, we're, I, I don't know. My New York and company credit card I had to take out when I was a senior in college to buy a $80 pinstripe suit for a job interview, which, you know, unforgivable, not the price, the pinstripes had a, a limit of about a grand and I had no credit history. So who the hell knows? It, it, worse, it's a Visa gift card. Best, it's a Sephora credit card. And, you know, God bless, because at $700, you probably will hit VIB Rouge status. And that's a great place to be in life. 
Like, was Giannina actually low-key filming one of those YouTube videos where they put on 100 coats of something when she was aggressively applying mascara to herself when Damien was trying to explain his parents' position on marrying a literal stranger? Anyways, we'll get into the episode. One thing to keep in mind, if you are new here, especially when a guest will give will be generous with their time, Mark was willing to sit down with me for two hours. And I know you guys are excited for this conversation, so I'm going to give you, you as much of it as I can. Um, oftentimes episodes that draw in new listeners, like, you know, kind of solicit an onslaught of complaints about episode length. And while I totally respect your time and your preferences, I, you know, I still can respect them because there's a pause button. This is an at will conversation. It's totally fine not to like something. My God, I don't like a lot of things. I'm feeling inspired by Rachel Lindsay on The Bachelorette tonight talking about how mean people are online. And like, it's it's so not popular to just be like, you know, come on, take it easy because it makes you less likable. But also, I think it's worth acknowledging because so many creators are incredibly de-energized um, by what somebody might think is such a, a passing opinion that ends up being extremely hurtful and dismissive to the effort somebody puts in on the receiving end. And, you know, as I always say, if somebody gives you too big of a portion, do you rage against it or do you save it for later? I like to pretend with content I am Ramona Singer and I am at a Hamptons clam bake. And the private chef has made a surplus of lobsters, you know, at my at a friend's home, an acquaintance at best. And instead of rage against that person making too many lobsters, I do, you know, what a lady does. And I shovel them into my purse, walk out like I own the place and eat them later, you know, in bed when there's a cross section of Pinot Grigio flowing and crustaceans spoiling, you know, sometimes things are better later. We don't all, always need to eat something at once. And, you know, it's not always a bad thing to have more unless, of course, it is uh, hydration. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot recently, and this is the official sponsor of my dull headaches as a result of how little I remember to drink water. Um, actually, the remedy rather, which is liquid IV. I've learned a lot from them, mainly that winter is a time when dehydration goes undetected because obviously summer and heat is more intuitive as it correlates to dehydration. But my skin has been dry as a bone for months now, and I guess I had no idea that my insides were effectively the same, and I've been feeling a lot better ever since. And Liquid IV is an easy, healthy fix because one stick of their, what is basically powder, you pour into 16 ounces of water, will hydrate you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. You get the added bonus of vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. It sounded like a game of battleship. Um, and uh, honestly... These things are game changers. I don't know. I'm just not one of those people that's very good about remembering to like drink water, sit up straight, take general care of myself, you know, the drill. And I just feel better knowing that like if I'm knocking out 16 ounces of water, I'm basically getting two, three X the return. And uh, I just am a really big fan of the company. They're the fastest growing wellness brand. You can find them almost everywhere these days. And you can find their uh, hydration multiplier at your local Costco and Whole Foods and their TSA friendly powder packets, which is very important. As I recently tried to take through a jar of jam, which spoiler alert is considered a liquid. Um, anyway, so if you want to get the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water to fuel your tough workouts to promote healthy post-workout recovery, you guys know. I'd <laughs> I'm sorry that. <clears throat> Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I don't I don't me talking about workout recovery is essentially, uh, you know, to be on topic here, the blind leading the blind. But that is what I'm told it does. And I know a lot of you are into fitness and you actually a ton of you listen to this while you marathon train, which I love. And um, honestly, I think you guys will love it if you haven't tried it before. 
So if you want to go get 25% off of your Liquid IV products, go to liquidiv.com and use code there in 5 at checkout. Just how the show is spelled, F-I-V-E, the word, not the number. That's 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Just go to liquidiv.com and enter promo code there in 5 to save 25%. Liquidiv.com, promo code there in 5 Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today. So here on the Be There in Five podcast, just so you know, we talk about pop culture, all the things that kind of distract us on a daily basis Mm -hmm. to the point where I'm, you know, telling somebody I'll be there in five and I'm, you know, good 10 miles away, you know, the drill. And uh, the thing that's been distracting literally the entire nation, if not world for the past two weeks is a little show called Love is Blind. Little one. Or as I call it, uh, NBC's The Voice for Personalities. That's wow. That, that, I'm actually really impressed by that. No, yeah, for sure. I can see that. Uh, I, I, it's kind of the antithesis of, of the uh, dating world as it is today. That's hi, hyper visual. It's swiping. It's what's on paper. It's quite the reverse. You can't see who you're talking to and the premises you fall in love based on your personality and your conversations mm-hmm. alone. And it's an amazing show. And I'm honored to have here one of the breakout stars of the show. The, the, the so kind, the patient, the handsome Thank you. Mark of Mark and Jessica fame. Mark Cuevas, of course, want to use your first and last name. Thank and you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. No, it's a pleasure. Seriously, I was actually really thankful that we got this set up. Okay, can you introduce yourself like outside of just a character of the show? Because I know you're a person with a job and a life, and I want to validate that No, as well. for sure. So, <laughs> and aside from the title on the show, right? It's like yeah. fitness instructor, right? right so, right. Like, no, uh, so my name is Mark Cuevas. Uh, I live in Atlanta. I was born in Chicago. So when I say I'm from Chicago, I was born there. Uh, but moved down when I was really young uh, to Atlanta and have been there ever since. Um, I'm a group fitness instructor in Buckhead, Atlanta, and I've been doing that for three years now. I started off in a small-time gym, and now I've been kind of like building it up, doing pop-up events for bigger brands and kind of building my own thing over there. And personal training is really helping people with mental, physical, and nutritional aspects of life because I think that that goes into so many different things. If you can take care of your health, because, I mean, we only have one body, right? right? So if you could take care of that health, lock it down and kind of get those best practices like day to day. Cause it really is, I think a lot of people make it more complicated than it has to be Yeah, to help them. I, I love to help people get to kind of like narrow it down to easy steps. So that's, that's awesome. kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And how old are you now? <laughs> so I will be, my birthday is this Sunday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, happy I turn, early birthday. I, I turned 26. Turn 26. You turned 26. Okay. Yeah. I know. Still a baby. I get it. <laughs> I, I know. I, know. I, like, I, I don't know if you heard, uh, but Jessica is 10 years older than you. Just, just a little. <laughs> That is, yeah, that's my, honestly, one of my favorite scenes when she goes, well, so when I'm 60, you're going to be 50. I'm like, yeah, that's 10 years. Yeah. And then like keeps going up and I keep going up too. And it was truly like SAT prep. It was like a math word problem. I was like, okay, if Mark is 50 and Jessica is 60 and their kids are 24, <laughs> I was just like, the, I mean, her, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Her trying to talk you out of being in well, the relationship. So people ask me in that episode, like, did you notice that she uh, gave the dog wine? I was like, how could I notice when I was getting like asked all these, I'm thinking of like numbers. I'm like, I, I thought it was like the movie 21 where you're just yes. like, it's like going like this and like right. figuring it out. And I'm like, uh, math, math, math. I don't really see it. I kind of see it, but I don't know what's happening until after I saw it. And I'm like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. If you, if the, if the producers hadn't caught that, I don't know if it would have been that obvious because the conversation was so intense and elevated yeah. that she just kind of stuck down her goblet. And 
For being yeah. like, she loves wine. It's whatever. I was like, it, I mean, yes, obviously very bad for dogs. So I've heard. So I've heard. You know, that's the other quick question I have to ask you because we have to get into deeper stuff. But no, for sure. what the people really want to know is like, why the hell are you drinking out of stainless steel stemware at all times? <laughs> Honestly, that wasn't none of our call. Um, I would I would give this little tidbit is that like, they I guess they didn't want to like, you know, get in trouble with promoting like whether we're drinking like a, yeah. a, a Bud Light, right? Or a Corona like yeah. we have here. It's like, they're kind of like, well, we want to put it on like a neutral glass. I'm like, well, you could have just used a like a plant glass. glass. <laughs> but it, it kind of <laughs> gives like the show a little bit of a character. Honestly, people yeah. have brought it up. It's like, who, where do you get these cups? And it, it's one of those fun moments, one tidbits that people keep bringing up. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's kind of this funny, uh, you know, people always are like, oh, I love Sex in the City because New York's its own character. I'm like, these stainless steel glasses are their own character. I felt like we were like part, partly Game of Thrones. But yes, like, part, like, they're like you chalices. Know. You know? I loved that. I'm going to do a few rapid fire before we like get into th- mm-hmm. it, things more in depth. Speaking of Twitter, laughed out loud, you showed the world you got new sheets. <laughs> Proud of you? I will s- <laughs> now, I want to go to my defense. Those were not my sheets, all right? When they and again, it's funny now I laugh at it. It's like whatever, it is what it is, but like I was living with my best friend and his fiance for a little bit and when I was gone for three weeks, they had had somebody stay there overnight. Like his, I think it was her mom. So like they mm. changed the sheets, but they just didn't change them back. <laughs> so like I look like a psychopath, like of like one pillow and all brown. And I'm just like, and I didn't have a chance to go up there and like check my room. So I'm like up there and I'm like, oh God, that is just, and I'm like cringe. My heart is just like in my stomach. I'm like about to throw up. Cause I'm like, oh no, this is on TV. And then like they show it. And like, that's the one thing that people are like, do you regret anything? I'm like that. That's the one thing that I'm like. They yeah. were they were putrid at best. <laughs> they were awful. They were like, they, were th- I, they yeah. needed to be burned. That, that makes was- a ton of sense that they would be your guest sheets. You give guests the sheets you don't use. Do you see, and then one pillow with no bl- no comforter or nothing like that. That like my comforter was like a side in the corner or something like that that they like just like bundled up and put that. I'm like, <laughs> you guys set me up on TV. So like I had to like honestly, you accept it. It is what it is. So I was just like, hey, Twitter live update. I got, like, new sheets. Here you go. Well, that was such a thing people, like, harped on. But I also was trying to support you because I was like, listen, I, you know, if you're sleeping on a dude's crisp white sheets with a fresh spray tan, that's not the mark I want to be leaving. (laughs) And for him to have spray tan colored sheets is actually maybe very considerate. (laughs) It's like, I got you, girl. You you, you leave that orange there. It's fine. It's okay. So part of me was like, maybe he's really thought this through. So you can see it either way. Got silk sheets. I got it for the girls. And you now got like a purpley maroon sitch. It's actually blue. The filter, like, honestly, I'm an idiot. And like, I put a filter. It's actually blue, like royal blue. So like, it's not purple. (laughs) I can't win in these whole sheets. It's like the dress that of 26. I'm like, damn it, that's actually blue, but it looks it does look purple. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I need to leave this alone because exactly. the sheets really are purple. I fucking blue. God damn it. <laughs> they did look purple. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like terrible. I put a filter on it and I'm like, maybe like this will help like lighten it up. I'm like, no, it actually made it look purple. And I'm like, I'm such an idiot. That's amazing. So we we talked about this off air, but I just want to confirm with you too. So this was filmed in October of 2018. Yes. Yes. Last and day of filming was November 17th of 2018. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Did you know at the time that it wasn't going to air for so long? We honestly, none of us knew when it was going to, I mean, we, I mean, we, it took us a year and a half, uh, you know, obviously two weeks ago when it first premiered, 
to even think like there were points within that year and a half that we're like, is this going to air? Is this gonna, like we, you know, cause I, we built these relationships and friendships that like, I still kept in touch with a lot of the guys and we would talk every once in a while, like, dude, like, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? There was always like word on the street, but like nothing until like all of a sudden one day, just out of the blue, like we get like a producer hits us up and Hey guys, start getting ready. Cause like, this is when it's going to go roll out, you know, February of 2020. And so is there a chance that it wouldn't get picked up or something? I honestly, I don't you even know? know how they got with, you know, the back end stuff. I just knew like during that year and a half, I'm like, so I just went through all this psychological stuff and I have no idea what's about to go, like when it's about to drop. So it's like dealing with that kind of like, what if, or when it happens. Yeah. So, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. It was a little crazy. So uh, did you know it was Netflix? Um, I didn't initially. So when we, when they first, they reached out to me, uh, they found me on Instagram. They like literally slid no in my way. DMs. Yeah, it's not like I had like some like profound following. No, I had like, I think like 1,300 followers at the time. And they sent this questionnaire. It was like for a big network. We're doing this social like, you know, experiment. I was like, kind of like, why not? You know, yeah. I was... Did, did the, they're like, if you're not interested, could you send this to somebody else? And I clicked on it. And the next, you know, I was on a Skype. It's like one thing led to another right. where like, I'm on a Skype interview. Then I'm on like a psycholo- psychological evaluation. Then I'm like on a producer interview. And I'm like, Damn. whoa, like this just got, it just happened. I kept saying like, why not? Why not? And then yeah. next, thing you know, first day of filming. <laughs> the, the mantra of Hillary Duff. The, uh, <laughs> what about, um, so, okay, that was one of the questions people had is, have you tried out for reality shows before? No, I've never, never? I've never even been on camera before. Wow. Um, this entire, like, I actually probably prior, a year prior, actually used to be really scared of public speaking. I was, like, petrified. Like, I would, like, lock up. So, like, whenever there was a camera, I'd just be like, <gasps> like, I, I would just freeze up because I just didn't know how to be. And, like, I think during the time before the show, I, you know, actually group fitness instructing, like, I'm on a microphone in front of a ton of people and I have to, like, get people that are either their 60s or in their 20s to, like, believe in what I'm trying to say. So, like, you have to be the guy commanding the room. And it kind of helped me, like, develop that kind of confidence in front of a group of people. So, like, it kind of, like, trans. even though I'm not on camera, it kind of translated a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I felt felt comfortable. I mean, in the first scene, when I walk in and I literally say, like, oh, shit, like, I look around, like, that's me staring at every single camera, like, oh, my God, like, this is real. Like, am I on Black Mirror? Yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. I'm, like, literally staring at everything. Whoa. I'm, like, like, little kid. Yeah. That would, that I I can't believe you've never... Because a lot of times people make their rounds, try out for different shows. If I got that questionnaire, I'd be terrified it was married at first sight. Because that's yeah. a different type of experiment, And it's the right? same producers, though. Same producers. I mean, yeah. It honestly so feels crazy. like it. Really? Because I, I, I watched that show. And mm-hmm. in a good way, like, it, a lot of times a pilot or, like, a first season takes a while to get its footing. But this was sharp. Yeah. Like, it, that was a really well-made show. Yeah, they, I, they knew their stuff. Um, they were really great people. Uh, the camera crew, they were very organized. They were very, like helpful throughout the whole, not, not helpful per se, but like they were just always on, on their stuff. Yeah. And so I really do respect the work that they did with the whole entire process, you know. It looked like they refurbished a storage unit. Oh, are you talking about like, like in the... the pods. <laughs> <laughs> it was like storage wars, but like you're bidding on people. Like you don't know what's inside. It's like the glass ceiling. And then <laughs> yeah. you're like, who's going to be inside, right? Yeah. Honestly, I was so, when I... I mean, they, so the first day we like lined up. It was like the guys, right? And the first day of dating, you, so it's speed dating. And you have you have to date all 15 girls. And we did this all throughout the day in sections, right? Okay. But they did it with like, all right, seven guys are going to do this. And then the other guys are going to hang out and talk and then, you know, stuff like that. Like my heart was beating so hard before I, I 
I walked through that first door. It was insane. Like, I can't, like, when I, I grabbed that door and opened it, I was like, I don't know what's going to be on the other side. And then all of a sudden, like, it's a cow. It was really comfortable to be in those pods. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It, and, like, it was, like, the second you opened the door, it really, I don't know how, but, like, I think the lights and just the setting and the couch and the just the lights in front, it just calmed you down, you know? Maybe they pumped oxygen like a casino. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me, uh, possibly. So it's <laughs> And like they it, gave you booze, right, if you wanted it? So, yeah. So it, what was funny is that we had, so they had a wine bar, right, when you walk in. And, like, so, it, I mean, they had plenty of booze in the living area, but they had, like, the wine bar, like, a little, like, vodka shooters if you wanted some, and then, like, little candies if you need just to keep you up, I guess. But yeah. I feel like everyone drank a little bit, at, uh, well, a lot more in the beginning. And as the days progressed, the alcohol consumption, for uh, I'll speak for the guy's side, went, Boop, like this, because every guy and us, and we all got vulnerable, like very, very like, yeah. and it, again, I know the, the whole thing, the premise was to find love, but I think a lot of the guys, we found ourselves in yeah. a way, because I think we were like, as guys, like we, we puffed up our chest, we walk in there like, all right, who are these other guys, you know, stuff like that. But I think we all got so vulnerable that we figured like a lot of stuff out that we were holding on to. You know, not I, to get deep into it, but like, yeah, it's no, I, 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 I love to get deep. Same, I, same. I far from the shallow now. I find so many things about this show to be really, um, uh, an interesting metaphor mm-hmm. for an opportunity a lot of people don't get in life. Not only, like you said, just talking to somebody without seeing them first, but like being forced to have those conversations because you can't see the person, you kind of are having them with yourself. Yeah. It's like emotional boot camp almost because like you, you, you are put in this position to really figure out a, what you want, like, which in turn goes like, who am I? Like what, what means the most to me? Because like at the end of this, you know, in 10 days, I'm going to propose to somebody. So I need to narrow so you down. you knew that. Like, I mean, I didn't know. I, I mean, I, we, yeah, we all knew that day 10, it was a proposal day. And if you weren't going to propose, then you're essentially like, hey, like you didn't build a connection. And like, you know, people, it was 15 guys and 15 girls. And after a couple of days, like there were people that didn't have that connection and they were sent home. And then we have like our rest of the crew that were finishing up the the whole experience. But towards day 10, you're like, okay, these are real connections. I mean, I think after day four, everyone kind of had an idea who they hmm. wanted. You know. How long were the conversations? So every day was different. So day one, like I said, it was about seven minutes you had to the date. Each oh. person, each girl. So we, so it was seven minutes. So you had to narrow down your questions to like what is most important to me that I need to ask somebody in seven oh. minutes. And so you never you don't think how long seven minutes is, but it's like pretty long. Now, as the days progress, and I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. After the after the whole first day, you rank people from number one to number fifteen. And they rank you. And so then you're like, okay, based on like how they ranked you, that's how many times you would see them later on in the process. Sorority recruitment. It's mutual selection. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard. So I've heard. Yeah. So it's like, so basically it's like, do they want to see you? Am I, am I number three and they're not my number one? So I'm going to see them more often or am I number 15 and they're my number, you know, stuff like that. So I wondered how often how that worked because I think there was a scene where like Carlton talked to Jessica for like 30 seconds. It was like, I'm out. <laughs> and I, I was like, are you allowed to just be like, no, uh, hard there, no. There was, there was a couple of times. Um, I mean, oh, no, maybe it was, it was Amber, Amber, Amber. Amber yeah. So like, the, yeah, he was like falling asleep. In the, yes. in the, <laughs> I mean, there was so much content that they couldn't build, like, you know, put it all together in the pods. Cause there was so much, you know, thing like conversations in the pods. I mean, me and Jess had a, like a chips and queso date. 
You know, we didn't just connect because we we're from Chicago, like, or because we had golden retrievers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we connected on like a lot of deeper stuff. Like, you know, we had a gift giving day, and I gave her my grandmother's brace. I asked my mom, like, because we had a, the one thing we had to bring was a gift just in case we were to propose to give somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And I asked my mom, I was like, what's a gift I can give somebody that I'm gonna propose to? And she was like, here, hold on one second. Goes in their closet and, like, goes and dig in and, like, she, you know, my mom's the bomb and she I grabs. I love your mom. Thank uh, you. She is Thank so you. sweet. She's and, like, wonderful. People, people, uh, you know, I was getting flack for being the mama's boy part, but I'm, like, I don't rely on my mom to make my decisions. Like, I love my mom to death, but, like, she's, like, just a support. She's just always, like, whatever you want to do, like, do your thing. Like, figure it out. Like, you're a grown man. Like, figure it out. So she was, right. even from the beginning of the process, towards the, she always had, like, she was always supporting me. You know? And I want, I like made a note to be like, I want you to know that anybody else would be so um, charmed and appreciative of the respect you have for your mother. I think that's something incredibly endearing and important and Thank indicative you. of how you treat your partner. And that's just not a turnoff whatsoever. I think in the normal world, just a heads. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, and again, looking back at it, like I, the whole experience, it was very intense. So I think like that's how we, a lot of reactions occurred. And I, I don't take anything offense that happened. Like, it sh- shit happens. So, like, you know what I mean? Well, and I think to your point earlier about, like, learning about yourself, I think in so many um, conversations you had with Jessica, it wasn't personal to you. It was – she was speaking from a place of her own experience and insecurity, like we all do. We project. We – you know, say people are guilty of crimes they didn't commit because they're doing something semi-similar to something that somebody's done to us in the past. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really always about you, right? Yeah. A, a different, like at different points, different people had their multiple interests at once, which is understandable given the process. Were you always pretty focused on Jessica? So funny thing, everyone, everyone's asked me that. And like, yeah, I think, you know, I gave every, every girl a chance. It's not that, and like, I, I made a lot of like sisters, in this because I I made a lot of good friends throughout this process. And, you know, in the beginning, like my first two dates were a little, not, not bad. They were just, you know, not, you know, uh, they were a little either shy because it was the first date or it just wasn't comfortable. And Jess was my third date. And the second she said, Hey, and I said, Hey, it it was super weird. But like, I was like, Oh, that was different. And then we started talking. I was like, so where are you from? My questions reverted to like, where are you from? And then we, then it became like a deeper connection. Right. And then we were both from Chicago. We found that commonality, that common ground. And it just like went from there. And I was like, wow, that was actually like a really good date. And so that was one, even though I dated girls after that, I always look forward to talking to Jess because every single time we talked, we got into like a deeper emotional connection. Like it was, it that, the pods, and I don't know if you've seen that, seen the reveal like that was so just like like I, I relive it every time I see it because those emotions were so real and the reveal of some of all of those reveals some of the best television <laughs> uh, reality television I've seen in a while they were very sincere yeah and it, you could tell there was like such an intensity of that experience building up to that that independent of what happened afterward it was a beautiful moment in time I feel like regardless right yeah it it, it like, I, I got goosebumps literally thinking about it because, like, every time, like, I felt like this, like, moment of just, like, pure happiness. Like, I was on cloud nine. There was nothing yeah. that could have stopped me. Like, no one could have told me anything. You could have told me, like, anything. Could've, like, that was the perfect moment. And, like, the second the door – because I was nervous. I, like, I was like, don't lock out your knees. Don't lock out your knees. Like, I'm a, and then the door is open, and she's right across the room, and I was just – 
I mean, I didn't even know what to say. I said, wow, probably like a hundred times. I was like, <laughs> wow, wow. I get back, I get back to like the guys in production. I'm like, wow, did you see her? I was like, what? Like what? And so it, it was just this like perfect moment that like, it, you know, I felt like that was the love that I'd always like looked for because it was like this person found me for who I was before seeing me. And then we see each other and we both were saying like, this was our World Series win. You know, like yeah. we're both Cubs fans. So we yeah. were talking about like 108 years and like, it, you know, it, that was, we said that to each other and like that meant the world to me. Like that, I n- I'll never forget that day. That's really sweet. Yeah. What was interesting too about the proposals, there on a lot of shows, there's a ton of like dating shows, there's so much emphasis on the ring, but you guys just like cash had these diamond rings that like nobody even brought up or like talked about. <laughs> yeah, so um, so on the reveal day, they actually let us choose what. Oh, what they ring. did. Yeah, okay. so there was like a small circle one, there was a square, and then they had like some other one that was like raised a little bit. So we got. Oh, to you pick- must be a jeweler. That was so. <laughs> Honestly, it was like everything of that day is like so picture. I'm like, I remember like the couch was gray. I remember the pillow. No, I'm kidding. You're like circle, square, triangle. Cool. Got it. Cool. I was like, um, that one. Love is blind. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to pick that one. I was like, she'll be all right. She'll like it. It was beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Thank but you. I saw of it from a distance because, again, nobody really talked about the rings. Yeah. And so I... It, like I kind of blacked out when we got when we hugged and stuff like that, and then like I like when I got back down on one knee, it was just I'm like I don't even like remember like almost half the stuff that I said. I was just like I'm here and I'm like wow, it's like that Charlie Brown thing where I like, wow wow yeah wah, the teacher wah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's literally how it sounded yeah in my head at least so it was a real diamond though I uh, I believe so I uh, again that's from what they gave us and yeah from the weddings and ev- the amount of money that they put into I would assume so yeah okay yeah. cool I wasn't sure if because do you ever watch The Bachelor. Uh, I've seen a couple episodes, yeah. It's just like Neil Lane product placement is like so intense. <laughs> and I was, it was such a, in, Love is Blind was such a like elevated production. I was surprised they didn't have a ring sponsor like Jared or so it would have been really easy. <laughs> it's like uh, K Jewelers is like sitting there like, Yeah, hey. that's what I was kind of expecting. <laughs> Every kiss, they like exactly. start singing right on the corner. Exactly. That's what I was kind of expecting. And uh, a lot of people wanted to know if the rings were real. Um, so, okay, another quick question before mm-hmm. I forget. Were Nick and Vanessa Lachey as sparse in person as they were on the show? Uh, no, they were th- actually, believe it or not, they were there like a little bit more than they were shown. So like Nick, we had like a couple interviews like after like we had got out of dating pods. Like when I brought my guitar out, he's like, oh, you, you're pulling out all the stops. I was like, I mean, you know, and, like yeah. me and Nick were actually you know, talked about a lot of stuff um, off off camera and like he was a really cool guy. I That's mean, awesome. you know, they're very awesome people. Um, even Vanessa as well. Like I I didn't talk to her as much just because she was on the girl side and Nick was on the guy side oh, okay. until after the show when we started doing more press and like yeah. we would do it with them. Dude, they were, they were there most of the time, but they helped us out a lot. Like I, he actually gave me a couple pieces of advice too. So, really? Yeah. They were so, kind of mentors in their yeah, own Yeah, in, in a way. And like I felt like they didn't need to be there all the time. That's the thing is that like they were like, there but they let us figure it out you see so it was really cool dynamic of like when they were there i was like dude like what's up man how have you been he's like bro like how's how's everything and i would sit down and we talk and we you know a couple things they didn't get a couple moments where we're actually sitting on the couch talking yeah and like he was opening up to me i was talking to him about what's going on with jess and like he was like Gave me some really good tidbits. Yeah, you're like, Nick, you used to be with the Jess. Like, <laughs> what's, tell me everything. <laughs> Blonde, you know, blue eyes. I yeah, get it. exactly. He, get, he gets it. Um, with pre- propensity for a baby voice. But um, no, I, well, 
two things. One, when the proposals were happening, I was like, please come out and sing I Do Cherish You. This is, would be an amazing opportunity for Nick Lachey because I feel like most of us are diehard 98 Degrees fans. I don't know if you were that into uh, them. Maybe not as a male in the early aughts, but I was, I was, uh, I thought it was a missed opportunity for his music, but I thought they did a good job on the show though. You almost forgot they were there until they like pop up and you were like, Oh, they host this. Exactly. So I'm yeah. glad to hear they were more involved behind the scenes because yeah. when I've watched press with them, they are very passionate about the show, which yeah. I also really like. Cause he was there in every single groomsman. So like all the groomsmen at rooms that we had the day of the wedding, he was there. Like we was hanging out with us. So he was talking That's to us. So funny. And so and and Vanessa the same with the girls when they were getting ready, putting their dresses on, doing their makeup, like she was there with them, like helping out, like any kind of like emotional stuff or kind of just being there. So they were definitely like mentors of like because they have their, you know, obviously their marriage and then their kids and like so they've been been there. So they're like, hey, anything that I can say to help you and like from our experience is like, here you go. Yeah. And so they'd kind of help us out a little bit. So looking around, like, I felt I kind of enjoyed the guys' camaraderie, uh, you know, in between the pod scenes. You guys seem like bros. We, honestly, the majority of the guys, like, we're all, like, really, really close. Still friends. You know, some closer than others, which is fine, and some closer than the other folks. But, like, like, me and Cameron are, like, best friends. And, like, I call them, like, every other day. And, like, me and Damien are really close. Kenny and I, like... He moved to Charlotte, but he's still, like, a good buddy of mine and, like, everybody, Taylor and, like, the other people on the show, like, that we're still close with. Even Barnett. Barnett reached out. We reach out to each other all the time. So That's awesome. Yeah, everyone on the show, I would say because we went through such an intense experience, we it almost, like, brought us closer together. Like, no one kind of – we can talk about it, but I don't think anybody felt, like, what we really – like went through deep down because again it went into this whole personal thing that was just let out right yeah so with um did, when you like looked around at the guys I mean you, you can objectively be like okay people here can like conventionally pretty attractive for me I'd almost see that as like knowing that they probably picked the same on the women's side like the show didn't throw anybody any curveballs everybody was very traditionally attractive i will say everybody thinks that i'm five five i'm not five five it's all the <laughs> all the guys are like six three and up so like relative when i'm standing next to them i'm actually five nine five ten ish somewhere in the middle yeah, so like I, i'm average height so when we hugged i was like you're the same height as me and i'm tall for a girl yeah so um, it's like so every i saw the internet was like he's like he looks five five and i'm like no i'm just hanging out with a bunch of tall people like yeah they're like you're like not Danny DeVito relax yeah, yeah no, so. you, I would never actually even classify you as short it's like and not that I, I take offense to it. I just thought it was funny like because it when I was you know when we were in Atlanta when they filmed us back in Atlanta we took a picture together and I'm like in the middle and I'm like man I hate yeah. you guys like really is this for real so what the hell? yeah that um okay so did your height come up in the pod I forget uh I I kind of made it a point like, and I think Jess and I kind of had this understanding of like, we never brought up like what Appearance. we looked like because I think that would do a disservice to the whole thing okay. of like, if I was like, how tall are you? Or right. what do you, what's your hair color? Defeats the purpose. What, yeah. I, I mean, Jess, you know, when I first saw her, I was like, wow, like this is what I envisioned in a way of like, whoa, like it's weird to put like a pic, like a face to a voice. And then yeah. all of a sudden she's just there, you know, it was really awesome to see. How soon did she know that you were 10 years younger than her? Oh, I mean, I personally think that she knew after like day two okay. and, but like we didn't bring it up until like day five and like I because we I don't know what I think maybe like built, keeping that connection going getting to know each other a little bit more and then like around day five is when that whole like Barnett stuff started to happen and then like 
or day, sorry, day four is when the burnout stuff started to happen. And then that's when like, you know, it came up, you know, and I was like, look, I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. Like I, yeah. that's what I said in the, the skit or the show. Sorry. And I was, that kind of, that was like the first time it came up was when she was like, well, you're 10 years younger than me. I just don't know if it's going to work. And I was like, well, I don't know. Let's, let's figure this out. Cause I don't think that that should be a problem. You, and you really genuinely did not care no. about her being 10 years older than you. I think, I think a lot of times folks have these superficial like wants that aren't needs. Mm-hmm. And I think that like deep down, you know, there's, in my opinion, there's an emotional, physical, and, and intellectual connection that I think we all like strive to have in a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if someone can push me in all three, I think that it goes deeper than like, oh, are they hot? Are mm-hmm. they like, is that, is that a beautiful person? Is that like, you know what I mean? Like someone right. like that you can connect with, like you said, getting deep with that. And then all of a sudden, like they see things that you don't see. They're your blinders. Like they see like, well, it may be in your business or when you're doing these other things, like that's what I think that this whole thing was about was like that true connection. And what kind of highlighted was when I thought like, I didn't care about the age because I felt like I had found that it like connected in all of those facets. And then like the reveal just like connected all the dots for me. And I was like, whoa, like, holy crap, like, this is insane, right? And so it, like, really took me for, uh, like, a roller coaster ride because I just, like, of emotions because I felt like I was on cloud. I had finally found that. Yeah. You know? Okay, so you get, you propose to her. She says yes. You guys then separate. You say wow 12 times to the producers. <laughs> and then yeah. where do you go and how soon are you in Mexico? Um, so we had like a, 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 it was like a buffer day or something like that. So they like kept us in a hotel. Literally, I was in a hotel room all day. Like I like we, By yourself? By myself. And okay. so like, I was like no writing. No phone. No phones. Like I was still no phones. I was like writing notes the whole time. I'm like. Like, like what a quill happened? and scroll. You're like, <laughs> luckily I had my guitar. I like I was like sitting there just like all day, just like, oh man, there's only so many times I can play, you know, Tennessee whiskey that I'm just like, you know what? I hate right. this. <laughs> or like colorblind you know? by the counting crows, like just go into blind. Uh, uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, just like started playing that. <laughs> I would love that footage. <laughs> I got you. No worries. Luckily they didn't have the hidden cameras in the hotel, yeah. so they didn't catch that footage. But yeah, so then we uh, we had like a whole day of like a buffer period to like get our gather our thoughts, and then okay. they like brought us together like at the hotels and like first meeting again and then took us to the it was only a day until we went to Mexico they we both hopped on the same flight and then like what was funny is when we got on the flight one of the uh, PAs told the flight attendants that we just got engaged (laughs) so the so we're sitting there we're just having like a casual conversation and then all of a sudden the whole plane starts like clapping for us and like everybody starts like (laughs) and I'm like so I don't know what to do. So I just lift up her hand and I'm like, yeah, like if she just won like a fight or something. Right, yeah, what are you supposed like, to do? I had no idea what to do at the moment. So I was just like, eh, give me your hand. And then people are like asking questions. You're like, well, have you ever been to this warehouse on the outskirts of Atlanta? Like, it's, it's, it's in the, the boonies, like, you know, Bumble F nowhere in Georgia. So is it, like, that's what I heard. So it's like a converted warehouse, right? So it's, it's a gigantic studio. Oh, it's um, a so studio. It's, a, it's a big production studio. It's actually the biggest one, I would say. I don't want to say country, but I think in Atlanta for sure. A ton of shows and movies film in Atlanta in now. Pine, yeah, Pinewood okay. Studios. Yeah, that makes sense. Glad to hear it wasn't a studio. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was it definitely like honestly when they picked us up from the hotel to take us over there, it was like this black van with like taped out windows in the inside because they didn't want us to see where we were like. And I'm like, this is where it ends. This is this I is would be so scared. I was like, this is where it ends. I'm like sitting here with my luggage and I left. My, we left our luggage there and I'm like, dude, this is. This is I, this is not real. Like this you, is not. you didn't sleep in the studio though. No, 
You would go to a hotel. Mm. I saw a rumor online you guys like slept in bunk beds, like in the studio. So we slept in these. So I will back up. Like we did sleep in these like bunks that were in a trailer. So like we had like the guys called it cell block D. So (laughs) we had like these like two bunk beds and we're like sitting like all it's like four guys to a room. Right. So like it's like almost like college. Right. And so we're sitting there and I guess some of the girls had like I mean, we were you know, tired, exhausted, because, like, we were filming all day, all day. And right. I guess the girls and us had complained so much that eventually they're like, all right, guys, fine, we'll get you guys a hotel room. Did you, are you I don't know if you're allowed to answer this, but did you guys get paid? Um, we, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to answer that. I mean, I, they, I mean, they don't I, get paid on The Bachelor. That's why I ask. <laughs> I mean, all I, it wasn't, if, you know, or to answer, we got paid, but it wasn't like some anything subs- crazy. Yeah, it was, yeah, no. For as much as we get, were filmed and everywhere, up and down, up and down. Like no, it wasn't like yeah know, something crazy. It's that's usually the case anymore with reality. But the trade off too is the exposure. Like roughly, how many Instagram followers have you gotten in the past two weeks? I screenshotted um, before the show aired. I had eighteen hundred followers before the show aired. I have two hundred eighteen thousand now. So should I go on next season? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, but the thing is, none of us knew it was going to be like this of at all. And like, because it's the first season and like, we're the ones gauging, like kind of setting the tone for like whatever seasons are to come or whatever spinoff happens is like, we all set the tone of it. So I feel like right. if they bring us back as like mentors, that'd be pretty cool. But That would be cool. And I think the first season of a reality show is the best case scenario of like getting people on for the right reasons. Because you can't manufacture a version of yourself to pander to something you've already seen. That was so well put, what you just said. That, exactly. Like, I think, like, that's why I think everyone is connecting so hard with this show. Because everyone was themselves. Like, we really were. In the moment. We were always living in the moment. And, like, that's what I think people felt. And I think with other reality shows, and, again, I'm not dogging anybody. Like, I think, like, there are people that are vulnerable in reality shows because it is such an intense experience. But I think people are, are starting to feel that certain people don't get vulnerable in reality shows. So they're, they're very superficial. They have other intentions, not necessarily to find love. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, when we walked in that door, our mind was, I could possibly find somebody that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. That's so wild. Because, I, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if, A, you knew about the 10-day engagement thing, and, B, you knew that the final decision had to be made at the altar, yeah, so the like we had we knew that like if we were to follow through with a proposal that we were going to go to a wedding day to decide. Like the wedding okay. day isn't like, "Oh, you get married, that's it." And then like you guys figure it out after that. No, it was like the whole like can these folks that built this connection in these pods keep that relationship going, you know, after the site is seen in, after a romantic getaway and then living together in Atlanta. So in interesting. And you all live at that time lived in Atlanta. Yeah, we were all from Atlanta. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you get to Mexico. Is there a point where you start to notice Jessica is uh like backpedaling a bit? Um, you know, to be really honest, it kind of happened all at once. So like, okay. I don't know if you so do you remember the horse riding date? Yes. Not, so like I'm I that was the most fun day we had, had like together cuz I it think fun. everything was so intense. Everything was just so, and we were both just figuring, and we had talked about it before, like, oh, like, let's, I told her that morning, I was like, let's just let loose today. Let's just have a good time. And like every, I mean, we, from the time we were driving over, I was cracking jokes. She was cracking jokes. We were laughing. What they, what we had, it was like so, fun moments. Yeah. Didn't capture, and yeah. like, it's so it's like, 
those that day I was like on cloud. Like again, same thing. I was like, oh, this is what we are. Like we're two people that are actually really, really fun, enjoying this experience now, being ourselves. And it wasn't until like the next morning and breakfast where things just like changed. And what do you think changed? Um, I don't know. I you know, I I I've had a year and a half to kind of like digest the whole thing. And then like at the end of the day, I think the experience may have been like it, it is a, an intense thing of like yo, like you got to figure everything out all at once. And, you know, we all handle things differently. And I think like, I'll, I may never get that answer why things change. Yeah. Like, this is not, but like, you know, I know that looking back at it, I'm, I've learned so much from it. And I know Jess has too. Love is blind, but hindsight's 2020. 20, hashtag 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but with, um, so with Jessica, do you like overall high level, do you think she got a bad edit? Um, I think that, you know, like I said before, like we had so many emotional moments of like real, real connection that like now, again, everybody handles everything in the experience differently. But like, I think that they missed out on that, that I think people could have related to and been like, wow, like we're, we're just two people going through something. Yeah. And, you know, just like any relationship, people figure things out differently. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for her because at the end of the day, like we're both better people for it. I'm a better man, communicator, son, and everything. Like after this, like I, I have nothing but love for Jess, and I hope like you know she does find that person, and I know she wishes the same for me. Were you so taken, like, I and I know you're limited in what you can say, but you're incredibly patient just in terms of, um, like being insulted to your face just to p- call a spade a spade. Oh yeah. Um, and obviously some of the greatest television I've ever seen is that housewarming party or that party Amber threw with the beer pong and the things. I mean, there's like a lot was happening that night. Um, and we've all had too much to drink and said too much, but, um, like a small example would be, you know, you were actually saying something nice and really misunderstood what you said. And then it kind of spurred this fight. And I think this was the edit, but it, it escalated from, her defending the dog as her sister and that you can't say anything about the dog to then being like, I think Barnett is sexy as hell. Yeah. So that with that whole situation, like it was about like Giannina being, you know, because apparently like when I walked in there, I was like, you know, talk because she says it in the episode that like, he's such a girl's guy or something like that. And like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I, Lauren goes, oh, who Cameron? And she's like, oh, no, Mark. And it's like, oh, well, it was kind of a funny reaction of by Lauren. <laughs> she's like, oh, what? yeah, never mind. <laughs> like, oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm just an extrovert. I just talk to everybody. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not like the type of dude that's going to leave you at the party. It's just like, yeah. I'm, we're all doing this. I thought like we're all like doing this together, you know? And so like when I, when she brought up, she's like, you're over there hanging out with Giannina. And I was like, well, I mean, she's second best. Like, I was telling her, I was like, you're number one. Like, yeah. you're number one. Like, don't worry about it. And then, like, she got offended by that, I guess. And then, like, you know, that fight, I think, just escalated. I mean, we had both. I had had a little bit of drink, too. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, you know, again, I'm just whatever. Like, that, 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 when, when that happened, like, I just got, it instantly just got frustrated. And I just, like, was like, nah, screw this. I'm going to go sit on the couch and, like, dip out. Because I, I don't want to yeah. say anything that I'm going to regret. So, we all were relieved you went and sat on that uncomfortable looking love seat because <laughs> it was because you were so, so patient and that's a great quality to have. But there comes a time where at least watching it, it felt like honesty bleeds into mistreatment or like, you know, sometimes honesty, when it lacks tact, it reads as cruel. I did think it was a line was crossed when she would talk to you about Barnett and d- how did you feel when she would talk about him or you'd see her talking to him or there'd 
be an indication of her like kind of wishing it worked out between them. I love a cliffhanger. Um, No, a lot of good stuff coming up in the second hour. I just want to thank our second sponsor, second and final. So the rest of the episode won't have ads. But this one is like extra cool because it's for somebody I respect tremendously and whose work I want to support independent of an ad. Her name is Nora McInerney. And I know so many of you are very well aware of her and love her. Her work's so important. There's two projects I wanted to to discuss. So kind of consider this a double ad. Uh, One is her memoir that she wrote last year called No Happy Endings that is coming out on paperback March 24th and available for pre-order now wherever books are sold. And the second is her nonprofit organization, Still Kickin'. She is also a podcast host of the very popular podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking. She has a very famous TED Talk called We Don't Move On From Grief, We Move Forward With It that reframes grief in this incredibly powerful and palatable manner. That is how I got introduced to her initially. And when I found out she was a listener of my podcast, I about passed out. Uh, She's the best and kind of high level backstory. There's so much here that is worth reading everything about because she's been incredibly generous with her story and experience to support other people going through difficult periods of their life but uh she simultaneously experienced a series of of tragedies and within a few weeks time i think when she was 31 years old she miscarried her second child um she lost her husband that was only 34 to a brain tumor and her father to cancer who was 64 kind of in the blink of an eye she was a grieving widow a grieving daughter and a single mother um presented with an unthinkable new normal and her memoir no happy endings chronicles the two years following all of this and specifically you know after her husband died she falls in love and she's trying to kind of work through how complicated it is when you are falling in love but simultaneously grieving your late husband and she loves her life now but she still loves her husband she lost of course and sometimes that makes her feel guilty mostly it makes her feel that life is just stretched wide enough to hold everything in it. And she has this incredible, um, her signature is kind of this voice that makes incomprehensible tragedies at least somewhat comprehensible, and if not funny and even joyful at times. And the the spirit of the memoir is really, you know, there may be no happy endings, but there can be new beginnings. And I mean, don't listen to me. There's a little publication called Vogue that said no happy endings is an alternately funny and wrenching, but mostly funny as well as brutally frank story of life after death. So be sure to buy no happy endings by Nora McInerney, wherever you buy your books available for paperback pre-sale now. And her other incredible project is called still kickin'. And I love the backstory of this. It's grounded in the a phrase on a t-shirt that her late husband found in a thrift store that he was wearing the day he had a seizure that uh, ultimately turned out to be really bad brain cancer and kind of became a motto for their family during his three years of treatment. And he had plans to turn it into something bigger and something that would help other people. And after her husband's death, she teamed up with one of her friends to print copies of his still kicking shirt and sold them everywhere, donated the proceeds to you know families in need. And four years later, these two words are serve as a safety net for other people who find themselves going through awful things. And their motto is kind of helping awesome people going through awful things. And they choose a hero every month and share their story of struggle and strength and give them a no strings attached financial grant, a cash grant to help them get through whatever difficult situation they're going through. And the website stillkicking.co, it is a variety of resources from e-courses to retreats to 
soft tri-blend teas to, I mean, it, it's it's really just a kind of one-stop shop to uh, support people going through incredibly difficult periods of their life. And with every purchase you make on stillkickin.co, your money goes toward these cash grants for these monthly heroes. And for Be There in 5 listeners, Still Kick In is offering a free hat with every purchase of $25 or more. It's a free, super cute baseball cap when you order $25 or more and visit stillkickin.co, S-T-I-L-L-K-I-C-K-I-N.co and use code 5 at checkout for your free hat. Thanks again to Nora for giving me the opportunity to uh, share your gifts with the world. And I hope you guys will follow her on Instagram too. She didn't tell me to say that, but you need to watch a highlight called Hey Maria because it's important. And she's doing something so rogue, so, so out there, so unbelievable, so shocking. And she is suggesting that women get paid for their work, Uh, which I know, I I know, I know, guys, it's controversial. It's unheard of. It's like, who does she think she is? Um, But no, it's an interesting story. And I think it's an important lens to see feminism through in terms of uh, how exposure is like this kind this currency that is often leveraged in place of actual, you know, human currency that like helps you, I don't know, like pay like rent um, and how it's important to like, not just allegedly support each other and to like retweet each other, but like to show up and actually invest in women and their careers. And ugh, I love her for it. Anyway, thanks to Nora for, you know, paying me for my work and uh, supporting this podcast I'm hoping she'll come on as a guest soon. I think it would be so fun. Such a great deep dive. Uh, But regardless, love sharing uh, her gifts with the world and please support her. I did think it was a line was crossed when she would talk to you about Barnett. And how did you feel when she would talk about him or you'd see her talking to him or there'd be an indication of her like kind of wishing it worked out between them? So to be honest, um, I, you know, Jess and Barnett's like a good friend of mine, even during the whole show, like we were roommates in the hotel, like Barnett and I. So like, even after the whole Jess thing was done, like with the pod stuff, like we were really like, boy, I helped him with Amber and LC. And then he helped me with Jess, just trying to understand the whole thing. Like we were boys and like, I think neither of us knew any of so like watching it back, neither of us knew that that was actually like a thing. Like like he thought he he thought he felt like he handled it even when like you know at his birthday party and after the fact he felt like he handled it. And I didn't even know like those conversations being had. Like, mm. So watching it back, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was going on. So it's like you know, I think that that may have been a little bit exasperated a little bit, but like you know, yeah, it. Looking back at it, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't even know that was going on. I mean, one of the best things ever was watching at the bachelorette party, Amber and Jessica. Like, you know, they say all the world's problems can be solved by two women in a bathroom at 3 a.m. who were like blackout drunk because we're like, you were so pretty. Like, no, you are. Oh, my God. And like, girls are so nice to each other. They were speaking to each other in that tone while simultaneously threatening one another. And when Amber was like, you are perfect. I love you. You are gorgeous, but I will fucking break your face if you go after Barnett one more time. She's like, oh my God, never. And like that interaction, my husband and I, we were dying. I was like, this is, this is what we need from television that network TV can't show us. Our F-bombs, our blatant yeah. threats to break people's faces, our blackout drunk people. I mean, it was beautiful. It was perfect. Amber would do it too. That, she is, She's she a is, tough cookie. She is. Uh, and Amber, so funny thing, Amber and Diamond were my, were my other two. So last day of before engagement, she had to do top three. 
and like Amber and Diamond were my last because they were like my best friends, you know, like so like yeah. me and Amber got so close and like even after the fact we're like best buds. So like I love she, that, I, but I know that she's like for real. Like if she's like, yo, I'm gonna break your face. I'm like, she'll probably break your face. Like that's just, that's just Amber. <laughs> she'll probably break your face. It's good to know that. So she's I'm like, I'm so. like Amber. It's okay. Like I, I love you. Like me and you. Pound it. I actually thought you guys were having a really sweet conversation that night when Jess and Barnett were talking. You and Amber seemed to. So, I, you know, she was just like, like, we both got really like deep in that in that conversation because I was like, dude, don't don't you're don't self-sabotage yourself thinking you don't deserve the love you deserve. Yeah. Like, right. And I was telling her, like, he picked you. You picked him. Like, that's the whole point of this. Like, go after it. Stay st- like steady. And she kind of said similar things to me. And like, that's how the most of the conversations were with me and any of the other girls were like me talking about the guys they were with. So, like, like right. you know, because I was focused on figuring my my situation out. So, like, you know what I mean? I, it was cool to, like, kind of, like I said, we were all, like, best friends throughout the whole process. Was it weird when you guys saw all the other people that you didn't pick? Um, I wouldn't say weird. I think it was more like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, like, yeah. you know, like I didn't even, you know, because you you, you're putting a voice to a face now and, like, right. everybody else and, like, you kind of know them, but you kind of don't. But, like, everyone was so cool. Even, like, we have, like, this group me of, like, everyone that was in it. Like, oh, all fun. 30 people. And, like, it again, they're all, they call it the pod squad. So, pod nice. squad group me. And they're all really great people. I mean, you know, some shown more than others. And especially, Rory, shout out to Rory. I love you, bro. Rory uh, and Vanessa got engaged, but were never featured, right? Danielle. Danielle. Rory and Danielle. Is there a Vanessa? Uh, Lachey. Oh, well, that would have been a scandal. That, oof. <laughs> That's a big oof. <laughs> okay, Rory and Vanessa, yes. So they got engaged. The, I saw online that, that she fell for another cast member. Yeah, so they were, it was almost like similar to like Amber, Barnett, and Nelsie kind of thing. Yeah. And it was, so it was Matt, Thomas, and um, Rory, and Danielle. And then Danielle picked Rory instead. But like... I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know what happened. I was so focused on my own thing was going on, but like that sounds I, interesting. Why would they f- feature that? I I think they didn't. I don't think production expected how many people got engaged. Like right. So like eight people, eight couples got engaged out of potentially fifteen. 15. Yeah, that's like yeah. It was it was a lot of people. So like I think like you know based on who was there, like they're like hey like these are the couples that we want to go to Mexico. Like sorry guys, like you know like yeah. You know, I, I mean, not to speak I, again, I don't want to like piss anybody off. It's just like that. They like literally told them like, you know, hey, guys, we're going to pick these folks and move on and you guys go home. Yeah. Even though they got engaged. And to be fair, I think that if you at that point, if you weren't feeling what you were feeling, it would be impossible to move forward. And yeah. you're not you're professional actors. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's like. I don't. I, and again, I don't know what happened with and even Wesley and uh, Lexi proposes. Wesley. Yeah, that, that that's like a name that like Benefer, like Wesley, like <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> it's hard to say. Wesley, Wesley and Lexi, yes, because there were two couples that got engaged, correct? That didn't make it. That didn't make yeah. it. Okay, and what was Wesley and Lexi's deal? Um, I I think uh, they just maybe when they saw each other just didn't feel it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, interesting. I, not that I, I mean, from what I heard, inevitably I, that would happen. Yeah, I just I, I've never pried anybody's like you know re, like reveal days. Yeah. Like, it happened, and I'd heard you hear things through the grapevine, but I was always like, damn, okay, well, I got to focus on my thing, so you guys do your thing. 
Do you think it would have been interesting if they had you, like had a police composite sketch person come in and before you saw your match, you had them draw what you thought they would look like? Oh my God. That, oof. I don't, that, that's interesting. That's a good take on that. That would, that would be a nice little twist of like, but would yeah. that offend the other person on the other side? Like say like, oh, now we're going to show you what they thought you looked like. And then like, it's like, wouldn't that kind of be like, oh, so you were hoping I looked like this? Or were you hoping I looked like this? Or Well, that's why I, that's what I was kind of toying with in my head. Like, yeah, you run the risk of, A, the talent of the sketch artist looking like that botched, you know, Jesus. Uh, you know that? You know what I'm talking about? When the, I know what the you're re- restoration of that painting. But also I think, to me, it's like reading a book and then when the book is cast in a movie, like, you know, this the most basic example possible. I guess like the most universal example would be Twilight. I read Twilight before it was cast. I, who I pictured Bella and Edward to be were not Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. But then when they were cast, I could never unsee that. And I think that that would, and, and in terms of what you're saying with the sketches, I think that that would just, I think that might mess things up a little bit, don't you think? I'd almost want it as a um, time capsule to immortalize what I was imagining and almost to serve as a way for me to escape and get back to the place in the pod of like, I was talking to this person and it's not really about me wanting this physical appearance. It's, this is who this person was when they, before all yeah. of the complications came in. I, if, I, I've if really any. thought no, about that. <laughs> You've really gone, have you talked to them about Love is Blind too? I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously. I like want to consult. Um, I, no, I just think it's a really brilliant show idea and I, you know, so many of my friends, my sister, like are so mired in the, the difficulty of, of, the swiping world of dating yeah. and it's rough. And yeah. my husband and I even like, I don't think we would have swiped for each other. Because really? We met in the wild. Like, so we didn't, we got to know each other based off of things that I think Trump any sort of superficial attribute because we had chemistry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what you get to experience behind the wall is banter is chemistry is yeah. thing are things that like, you can't tell from an app that, and it's kind of like an apartment you're like, I want an outdoor space and like this kind of kitchen, an open floor plan. I want a good location. I want a garage. But then as you look at more apartments, you whittle it down to like need to have versus nice to have. Exactly. And that's kind of how I see dating. But when you're looking at the listing, it's like you think you can and should have it all. And, and exactly. And like I, you know, like you and to that was a seriously a, excellent point, because I think we do live in that society where like, oh, she's hot. OK. Oh, he's hot. Oh, like and and. I think we miss out. Like they could be a very beautiful person, but like their soul is like not good. And I think that, and like that is like, then you're in a recipe of disaster of like, oh, but they're hot. Right. And like, oh, but I'm, that's where that toxicity comes in, in this relationship. And like, now you put a wall between us. I don't care how you, like, there's no prejudgment. Cause what's the first thing, if you meet somebody at a bar, right. Or whatever, at a restaurant or wherever, like, oh, they're, they're pretty attractive. Or, right. oh, they're, they're, all the physical, right? And, or what do they think of me? Now when you take that out, it's almost like, like a voice that you can just be as vulnerable as you can. And it makes it easier to answer those questions that, you know, that are so tough, whether it's finance, whether it's education, whether it's the things that you believe in, family, and what you want in, in, a, in a husband. Because we talked about everything. And, like, we're talking, like, sex. We talked about, like, mar- ideal marriage. We talked about family. Every, all those questions in the pods that, again, it was so much content that they couldn't put in all into those episodes. Right. But there was way deeper conversations had to build those connections so quickly because one day in those pods felt like a month. Were you, did you hold back a little just knowing that anything you said could be aired? 
Um, no, I think so. I made a promise to myself before I walked through those doors. I was like, I've never once thought I was going to be on reality TV. I've never tried out for it, but I was like, I'm going to be hundred percent myself. I don't, that's all I can be. And like, if, if that, you know, you know, that gets me like burned or something like that, like, I'm just going to be, I'm going to feel the moment. I'm just going to be myself. And that's all I ever was the entire time. I think that was smart of you to be aware of going into it because it's it would be impossible for me to not focus on being likable over being myself. But the problem is you have no control how they're going to edit it. And who you are is who you are and who, what you say is what you say. And I don't think you can blame stuff on an edit when things actually happen. But like, I think that you almost were so nice and patient for lack of a better word, it was suspicious. (laughs) I hear you. I think it was my own kind of like not watching as much reality. I mean, we all watch Jersey Shore, right? That's like the only thing that like I had, that's literally the only reality TV that I had seen at the time because it was so big. Remember, Because we're like, who are these people that are in a house that are just partying it up all the time, right? And so we, that's all the only reality show that I've ever seen. Swear. That's so You'd see like little tid, I'd catch an episode of my sister of like, maybe MTV The Challenge or something yeah. like that or like something like that. But I never sit there and I'm like dedicated to watch a whole show because I, granted, A, I was playing sports all the time and, you know, playing football. And then I just never got into it. I never thought I was going to be on a show or anything like that. That probably so, really worked here. So advantage. maybe just understand, like not understanding that like people either A, hate you or like, or love you based on like what you say or do. Like I just went into it like, eh, why not? Like I'll just do me, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's just fun. It's you to just be like, I'm in this experiment, even if my feelings are hurt, even if I feel like she's harping on being older than me, all these things aside, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and just like be positive and see where mm-hmm. we net out here. Yeah. I, I was just, I stayed, I stayed, I, I knew what we had in the pods was real. Like that was like the ultimate connection that like, again, deeper stuff that, that they, was two weeks. Yeah. yeah that's okay. two weeks. Okay. And like, and so, like, again, it, we, were, we weren't just dating for, like, 10 minutes. We actually had, like, night dating. So, like, we had, like, early. We were all day dating all day, all day. We had a little break. And then, like, all right, guys, time to go to bed. Or you can actually do night dating. So if you notice in the pods when uh, people are in their sweatpants. And yeah. So that was actually at night. Uh, me and Jess fell asleep in the pods one day. It's really cute. And I did wonder, like, why are, if you have to sit in there all day, why were people wearing such uncomfortable clothing half yeah. the time? So, like, during the day, they're like, I mean, you know, you're filming, you want to look good when you're, yeah. you know, on camera, I guess. So they're like, bring these outfits. And so I wore, right. I wore those outfits. But, like, at night, it was night dating. So you wore shorts, sweatpants, t shirts, whatever. And, like, that's when, that's when I think the real kind of like, <sighs> like, okay, hey, how are you? We had some wine. Like, how was your day? Yeah. Even though I know that what you've been, what was your favorite date? What was, what was the one, your favorite thing you talked about? What was the one thing you learned today? Like, and like, we really, like, we fell asleep in the pods. And like, I woke up and like, I was like, hello. And she's like, hey, hey. And I was like, oh, you're still there. Okay, sweet. And like, that's such a weird it, it was so weird. It was honestly, like, I look back at it and I'm like, this is wild. Like, this is never like, I, because it had never been done before, it's like, how can you even be prepared for this? Right. You know? And it's kind of like anything you say, it's like a had to be there thing because it just looks so odd to the viewer, even though it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> but, um, okay, so to get to the wedding, mm-hmm. why was your location different? Um, I, that that I, I would leave it up to the producers. I, I, I think because they made it, like our story is like, was if towards the tail end, you kind of, Jess was coming around. A little bit more like yes she was definitely like that's what I felt um and you know even the night before the wedding like we hung out her and her friends and like you know she had told me like 
she loves me and like all this stuff. And like, you know, we, I finally felt like at the point where like patience kind of like comes back full circle. And like towards the end, we were like connecting like more so on, on all levels. And like, yes, we went through that stuff and like all that mess. But like at the, towards the wedding, we really, really became like Mark and Jess, you know, hmm. the Mark and Jess that I had in my mind of like the pods and then the reveal day. Cause like, that reveal day again. I'll, I'll harp on it all day. It's like that was the realest moment. Like I'll it, like time stood still. It was awesome. So it's almost like you got to you were on the same page in the pods and got to know each other. The reveal day came. She aligned with the variables you need in the physical aspect of a relationship. She was a little on the fence of some of the physical variables, mm-hmm. and she kind of backed off a little bit, but then kind of caught up with you. Yeah. Everyone has their own preferences, timeline, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the wedding day. And I, I do want you to know that she did quote um, Amanda Lemon from It Takes Two with Mary-Kate Nashley. Did you know? Did you notice this? Have you ever seen the movie It Takes Two? I don't think so. With Kirstie Alley and Steve Gutenberg. It's a famous 90s movie with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen where they essentially parent tra- trap and switch bodies. One's an orphan and one's a really rich girl. I might have seen... I, it's been so long. I think I know what you're talking about. It's just been a, so, such a long time. So if you... Just so you know, people might tell, reference this because this was the funniest thing of the entire <laughs> show to like anybody born between like 1980 and 1990 Uh is on your wedding morning she goes I'm just looking for that can't eat can't sleep reach for the stars over the fence world series kind of stuff and you probably were like go Cubs but the rest of us were like yes it takes two (laughs) I think I was go Cubs I think I I was 100% go Cubs it was a hilarious (laughs) reference to a very specific movie and I was that made me team Jess I was like I really appreciated that reference I can see you clapping just like yes yes so excited. Okay, when she didn't have flowers or like a lot of family present, were you suspicious? Um, you know, granted, she she had mentioned throughout the entire process that she was wanting to say no. You know what I mean? Okay. And like she that she was going to stick to her truth and that she didn't want her family involved. And which I again, the patience thing, I totally respect it. I'm like, I'm not going to press things on you. I just it is a little, you know, because I'm bringing my family into all this. Like, yeah, you know, like. I'm not going to hate you for it. It is what it is. Like, if that's your process and what you think you need, then, like, okay, like, I'm going to support you. Like, and so she wanted me to be all gung-ho about that. And I was like, I, I'm going to live my – she said she's, her big line was she's going to live her truth. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to live mine. Like, you walk down the aisle and, like, I saw you and I was just, like, enamored and just in the moment. Like, I don't – again, like, if you know me from, like, the pods and what I saw at the reveal day, like, I, it was that replayed over. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like I was, yeah. I was, and then she started to come around in the end and like telling me she loves me. I'll, I'll never forget this. Like the day she um, tried on her wedding dress and we were doing our tuxedo stop shopping and stuff. And she calls me like in the middle of lunchtime and we weren't doing that well that day. Like that was one of the, like the rough patches. And she was like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, I just wanted to hear your voice. And I'm like, okay. Oh, that's nice. I was like, okay. But at the moment it was a little odd. I was like, okay, is everything okay? She's like, no, everything's good. I just, I just want to talk to you. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I hope everything's all right. And like later on that night, she was just like, you know, that I tried on that dress and it was the first time in my entire life that I actually saw myself like being with someone for the rest of my life. And I, that stuck with me. And so like it, like there were things that like, obviously like not off camera, but things that like were said that like, no matter what you could say that you're going to say no, but like, I'm like, dude, you're, t- you're, you're, you're saying all these things. And then like, but you're acting this way. So like, I don't know what's going on. Like, 
up and down. And then like, I see you in a wedding dress in front of my family, in front of your friends and people closest to you. Like, and I say this speech, you say this speech to me and like, what? I, I, those emotions just came up and I, I'm like, I felt the moment. And I, and I was like, I see us being a family. That was the moment where I'm like, I see us being a family. And you swear you did not have a conversation before that you were going to say yes or no at the altar. Not that I told, no. You, had, you did not know if she was going to say no until you she were told there? Me, she kept telling me that she was going to say no throughout the entire thing. That's okay. what I'm saying. Like she kept oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She kept telling me that she but was going to say But you thought maybe because I was like, there was because, messaging. And that's what I'm saying is that like because you told me all these things, because you tell me you love me because you're all this, like I was aware that you would tell me that you were going to say no. I just, well, in my truth, I was living in the moment and what I wanted and what I saw for us. Got and it. like whatever she wanted in her truth, like that... You know, I thought love would conquer all, like uh, like what we felt in the pause and what we felt in the reveal day and what we felt in those tidbit of moments throughout the process is like, I thought that would conquer all. Like, hey, like I see us doing this, like let's do it. Yeah. And like I felt it in that moment. And your families knew it was it was like a yay or nay situation. Yeah. I mean, we we were allowed to explain to them like, hey, this okay, is a good. decision day. This isn't like we're getting married and like doing all the jazz. Like this is a decision day. That was, okay, I... <laughs> That was not clear to the viewer. Courtney, was that clear to you that... No, I thought we were getting married. Okay. Really? I, when I tell you that it, the, the consensus, even from my f- podcast Facebook group, like, we did not realize that was decision day. We thought we were all in agreement that we were getting married if we were putting on a dress and a tux and going to the altar, and everyone was so confused. And that's, that's why people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what happens? Yeah. So, yeah, because... How, because I think, you know, whether you're in Damien's situation, Jessica's, whatever, to go through the motions, to put on the dress, to get the prom up due, to like, you know, do the whole song and dance and know you're going to say no is weird. And then walk up, give me a kiss and say, I love you. Like, yes. Like, I'm saying, and I go, you're not supposed to do that yet. Well, hold on. And like, you know what I mean? Like, right. That's so, in that's my, hurtful. in my <laughs> mind, I'm just like, like, what any, like, again, hopeless romantic I'll just say like for somebody that like I like I felt it and like everything was real and like she like we had these talks off camera and then like I was like she's coming around like and like you fall in love with the moment and what we could be and then like all of a sudden it's you know and again I was they what they didn't get is when you know she did say no I was like look I'm not then I spoke to everyone I said I'm not angry at Jess I think Jess is a wonderful person she's a hard-working individual that deserves respect and I just think right now we just weren't meant to be together and that's okay like that is like it is okay. So you gave a speech like Kenny did, but they didn't show yours, and yeah. they just showed you walking out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because I, I spoke in front of I was for me it was like I wanted I didn't want people to paint like again with the decision understanding that she could possibly say no again I was living in my moment yeah. she was living in hers and so understanding that she could possibly say no and when she came out she told me initially she wasn't going to come out in a wedding dress she came out in a wedding dress and like I'm like this is totally flipping the script of what you told me you're going to do. Like she said she was going to wear like a white jumpsuit. Like, yeah. When I, when she started walking and she didn't have a bouquet and I thought she looked a little bit smug. I was kind of like, she's going through the motions, but the, the B roll of the wedding day, they made it seem like she was getting married. And I think that's the big question mark for all of us is like, you know, as much as you can uh, edit it to be like, oh, I didn't know till right that moment. And I totally get you hoping for the best, but the person, the ultimate decision maker saying no knew in advance. And I just can't imagine like 
doing the whole song and dance of the wedding thing and like pretending almost that's I think an interesting thing of the, of, of the experiment it, it being the first season of the show that I'm sure they didn't even know what it would look like I mean they didn't hold a gun to my head to say what I said yeah so like right. my thing is like I felt I was very like myself in every moment yeah I, when I told her all these different things like that I love her and and you, you really know, loved her I did I, I'm going to be very honest with you, and, and a lot of people are like, how could you put up with a lot of that? And like, I, and it, that's fair. Looking back at it, I'm like, would I have put up with that in like a normal situation? I'm like, probably not. No. Yeah. Like, but with what I felt in the pods and how deep we connected, like I, when I, and to finish off that story about my grandmother's bracelet is like, I gave that to her and she was like, what is this? And I was like, I want to welcome you to my family. That was my grandmother passed away a year and a half ago. Mm. And like, that was like my lady. Like we talked about everything. I have my tattoo means algo de esta vida, which means something of this life. Like I told her when she passed away that I'm going to make up something of this life. So when people ask why I'm so introspective, it's because like when she passed away, I thought she was going to be there for like my wedding, my, you know, my kids, graduations, my everything. And so I had that kind of like, like revelation of like life is, we're not here forever. So I, that's when I turned the corner in my life and I said, I'm going to go pursue my career. I'm going to go be a personal trainer. And I, people like, think like personal training is like no like I'm actually helping people like become mm-hmm. like just mentally and physically aware of like they they only have one body and so like that is what turned the corner for me so when I gave her that bracelet like I don't just do stuff like that and like I allow I let her into my life and my heart and mm-hmm. so that was a lot for me because I didn't have a connection with anybody else like mm-hmm. that and like I did try and like I did try to date but like I was like Jess and I kept saying Jess and when the reveal day happened it was like everything came together and then like everything in Mexico was great and even the horseback riding day and then like that I got dropped like a rock and mm-hmm. like I'm sitting there just like what what happened like you know what is it and like maybe she was stuck on the physical then I'm like okay so then we dealt with that and like we talked about it and we okay so then the physical is gone okay so the age thing we talked about it the age thing was I was like so then what is it and then I realized like it has nothing to do with me it has nothing to do with me right because like a deep down inside like you know Jess the Jess that I found in the pods, like, she's amazing. She's, dude, she is an amazing, like, she is such a hard worker. I have so much respect for her. She hustles, like, puts her head down and just kills it. Yeah. She's the ultimate version of, like, a like a girl, like, boss. Like, she just kills, she's a hustler. Yeah. And even to this day, like, I have the utmost respect for her because I've become who I am because of all this. Yeah. And when I was staring at her walking down the aisle, I the things you notice, I... I'm just sitting there like, this is the perfect moment. This is what everything comes down to is, like, this one moment is like the love that I thought like that I was looking for and the experience that I wasn't even sure I was going to find and that like it just happened and like her standing up there and like holding my hand and us like not breaking eye contact we're smiling and like even like families there and like I I just I I lived in the moment and that's I made that promise to myself that I was always going to be myself and that's what I did. That's amazing no and I think (laughs) no I appreciate you sharing that because I think that Especially in the exacerbated format of showing, you know, uh, television shows being produced, they're going to show dramatic moments and not the more simple moments. And I think at times it's like, uh, especially during the episodes where things are just like kind of fundamentally unlikable, the viewer separates from the pod conversations and and we're like, you're so great. You deserve more. It's like we're almost just frustrated because we want you to be like, this isn't okay. But I think that. Well, at least what I'm gathering from you, the intensity, the shared intensity of the experience and the fact that only you two experienced it together, it's kind of as thick as thieves 
mentality of yeah. like, I've got your back. I'll, I'm going to give you maybe a little bit more added grace than I would give your average person I was dating. Yeah. And there's a level of depth there that I think we maybe aren't fully grasping because we don't, the pods were kind of like such a small part of the show. It was. And that's, and that's what I'm like, we, you know, all the fun times we had a chips and queso date with like wine and stuff. And I that's what queso. Uh, she said, she's like, you're the queso to my chips. And like, you know, like I mean, joking. That's romantic as hell. Jo- I mean, I was like, she had me at that. And you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> but it was like these fun moments. And then we talked about like, you know, our families. And then we talked about what's important to us. And we, then, you know, the whole break. She gave me, um, the gift giving day, like I gave her the bracelet. She gave me a daily devotional with like a date saved on it. And I was like, what is this? She's like, that's my birthday, June 22nd. And it's on it was like, it said something about like, you may find the love like you may not see now, but like God is like, and it, yeah. it was like the perfect moment of like not seeing. And I was just like, dude, this is it. And then like, when we were still, de- she was still deciding, like we weren't allowed to tell him what we were deciding, like whether we we're going to say yes or no in the pods. She s- sends over a gift and it was a pillowcase with a bow on it, and it had her perfume on it. She's like, I'm not allowed to tell you what I want to decide tomorrow, but I, I think this will let you know where my heart's at. That's cute because people's <laughs> smells is like so, such a sensory important thing. So you notice in the reveal when I walked out with a sweater? Yes. So that sweater, I returned the favor. So I walked out there with the, my, like a long sleeve sweater with my cologne on it. Oh, that's sweet. And so when we had a day apart, we both had each other's scent. Like we were both. Oh, with that's each other. cute. Yeah. What's your scent? So I use the. My sister got it for me, but it's like the Saint Laurent, um, like spray. Oh, that's yeah, a respectable. Cologne. My husband wears um, McGraw by oh. Tim McGraw. Oh, oh, <laughs> man, that's, that's a manly. That's man. a Marshall's that's... level shit. <laughs> 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 it smells actually fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I no. This is uh, so fascinating to me, and I appreciate you opening up because I sure. I was curious too of like, you know going into the show and your intentions to go on the show, obviously they reached out and you, I, I totally see the snowball of like, let's just see what happens. Let's just say yes. Let's just say yes. But at a point, I think too, it just was really being used against you that you were 24. And that was a tricky thing to combat. You can't change your age yeah. and all you can control is what you're saying and how you're conveying what your intentions and values are. And I felt frustrated for you just in terms of being in so many situations in my life where it's like, you're, you're being asked questions. You're telling them the truth. They, in turn, are consistently questioning your truth and almost assuming you're not being honest. And you're like, I don't know how, what other way to say it. But, no. And that's when you know it's not about you, right? Yeah. Because it, it was frustrating to watch her over and over be like, I can't believe his mom didn't care about her age. I can't believe my friends don't care. Oh, n- yeah, Nick and Priyanka. We're basically Nick and Priyanka. That made me laugh. Uh, and like, just never really, it's like you need to believe, if to be in a good place in life, you need to believe what people tell you. Because even if people are full of shit, like, that's just a lesson learned. Exactly. And at the end of the day, people are going to like, blow smoke up your ass and like they're gonna say things that like hurt you or they maybe people are like they'll lie blatantly to your face right but at the end of the day when you set healthy boundaries with the people in your life whether that's friends family doesn't matter especially family but right in your relationships then like i think then all it is is a lesson learned and be like okay i don't need that type of person in my life right 100 percent. you know so following the wedding were you pretty disappointed i was i was i i was really I, yeah I, I was i was in a rough spot um, because it was like this ultimate rejection of like, what's wrong with me, you know? Yeah. And, um, and there's a little pride there too, right? Of being like, I said yes. And 
I don't know. I at least for me, I'd be like, God, I should have like saved face a little bit. I, you know, and people have said that, and you know, whatever. They're like, oh, I would have said this, and I would have. I'm like, it's not about that. Like yeah. I, I told my mom. I mean, you see it if you see the finale is like, and like no matter what, I'm gonna be all right. Like yeah. I, I and I, I kept telling myself that every day, and like it took me a while to get yeah. over that because it was just, it was just like the ultimate, like someone telling you like no, like and which again, I look at it now and I'm like, thank you. You know, because it taught me more about myself and, the, and this whole experience that, like, you know, I have nothing but love for Jess. I, like, she, Truly, t- she really, I genuinely, I'm like, dude, no matter what, like, I have to thank her for everything that I am today because, like, I, I've literally been the man I am because of, like, that whole situation and understanding that I do have the patience and I do have the kind of, like, resolve to figure out these problems and go after what I want and in a, in a romantic relationship and, like, be upfront and communicate and, like, even when shit hits the fan, like not run because I think mm-hmm. that that's a lot of, it's really easy to do when you're like, well, screw this, go kick rocks, like whatever. It's like, no, like sometimes in a, like whatever marriage or relationship, like you got to figure it out. Like not when things get tough, you're like, well, I don't need to deal with this. That's pride and ego talking. I think that like now may, don't get me wrong, set those boundaries and be like, Hey, like this is what I not expect, but these are like, and you're human, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But like, these are what I look for in a relationship, in a healthy relationship. And like, what do you look for? And that's what it taught me to kind of like respect those boundaries. You're very mature <laughs> and self-actualized. Thank you. Have Thank you, you been in a lot of serious relationships? Um, I've been in two serious relationships. Two, yeah, two. Um, in my past relationships, I wasn't the communicator that I am now. I wasn't the guy that like, you know, was like upfront. I was a people pleaser, right? So if like my friends were like, we're going to go out and like do this, I'm like, okay. But then like my girlfriend's like, oh, I wanted to do this. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like double book myself. And then I'm like, oh God. And like, I'm trying to please too many people where now I'm just like very like, no, like I it, learning how to say no is the single greatest thing I've ever done. And I think that's really cool that you can acknowledge her being a source of personal growth when you could look at it make it about pride, make it about resentment, feel, you know, there's, but honestly, there's nothing, you didn't lose anything when you really look back on it. Yeah. And I gained so much. That's the thing. I didn't lose anything, but I gained so much. And like uh, all the, the emotional equity and all the, like, just again, experience of like dating an older woman. Like I, you know, I've never dated someone 10 years older than me, but like I had to be like, I'm not grow up, but I had to be a hundred percent with what I wanted. And yeah. so like, it really like, it was like, a, like I said, emotional boot camp where like, I had to be certain like, okay, do you want this in the relationship? This, this communication, patience, love. Like I got that. And now it's stuck with me after the fact, yeah. with my friendships, my family relationships and like, you know, everything else. And after the wedding, did you talk to her after that? Or is that reunion Re, so re, we, we didn't talk for a year and a half, but we, Oh, like after the altar? Shit. Yeah. We didn't see That's other. a harsh cutoff. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff. So it's like we both kind of needed to just start, I think, our time to like yeah. figure our stuff out. And then the reunion, everybody will get to see like March how 5th. Went. Yeah, March 5th. Everybody gets to see what goes down. You guys did have, you had a physical relationship, right? Like you had mm-hmm. sex. Yeah. Uh, I, you said that on the show. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for some, it was like, I, I was so like weird about it. I was like, cause like, it was like, I was like beating around the bush because I didn't want to just like go out and say it. But right. I was like, then they're like, did you have sex? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah my, my bad. The funniest was Kenny. He like, because he didn't, but he was like, 
he's he's he, oh, I wish I remember what he said. He but, was like, I couldn't. Uh, I'll, let's just say this. I, I couldn't. couldn't go on a jog this morning. <laughs> but I was like, meaning you couldn't wear sweatpants because of your anatomical issues, <laughs> not because you were too busy doing it. <laughs> uh, that wasn't that was like a funny metaphor to use because it could swing either way. Yeah. Um, okay, and. The last question I have for you. Oh wow, we're here. Um, I know I've already kept you over time. No, I'm. I'm seriously. I, there is no like. I, I literally don't have anything until eight. Like this whole experience. Like I have nothing but love for it and what it's made me and who I am and the lessons I've learned, the people I've met, and like anytime I get to share it and like because you never know who's like dealing with the similar relationship problems or what we've gone through and like like I said, even the communication of being a people pleaser to like now being upfront with things. Like how many people actually deal with that? I could probably name a ton in my life, you know what I mean? And I'm sure there's somebody out there. That right. That, so. And I think it's interesting, too, of, like, people, like I said, kind of almost being suspicious of how nice and forgiving you were. Because it's kind of like when you break it down the way you did, it's like, well, can't somebody just, like, be a nice guy who's, like, trying to have a life experience? <laughs> you know? Like, that. that's yeah. kind of a frustrating thing, too, of, like... Um, I think that that's how jaded we all are and how bad a lot of relationship experiences are is that we just assume everyone's like a piece of shit and like not everybody has to be. And we, I appreciate you But being, the show is almost like an example of like how you can almost, not prevent it, but almost get your goggles on of like, all right, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Nope, nope. Oh, that person. All right, let me get to know them, yeah, right? 100%. Of like, instead of looking at like getting stuck again in that physical relationship, now you're in this relationship of like, how do you connect with them like emotionally and stuff right. like that? So the show really highlights that and like how couples can be successful in that may not have been mine, but like how other couples can be successful. I mean, Lauren and Cameron's relationship is beautiful. Yeah. Like they're, th that they're my favorite people. They're honestly, like I, me and Lauren or, or I don't know if you notice are always doing press together. Like, I did be, notice that. Yeah, so we're so we're always doing like we're like a teammates. Is she like, is out like fantastic as she seems? Yeah, dude, she is the the most beautiful, genuine like, oh, uh, like she she's like my best. She's like my sister. I love her so much, and I love Cameron. Like Cameron's like my brother, and so like they're just beautiful people that like I'm so thankful that this happened for them because it just like it brought them together, right? And so because they're they're amazing, both of them, and. I have nothing. And that's why when me and Lauren are doing press together, we're like, we're not like one person has to say more of this. We're like hyping each other up. And even before we're like dancing and stuff like that. So like, it's, I love that. it's always been good. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, Cameron and Lauren, I think that they're perhaps the best um, like poetic example of the whole point of the show, even Lauren being forthcoming, being like, I might not have dated a white guy. I might not have given him a shot in a bar. Like, that is the whole point of the show. And they are like a living example of people that are genuinely compatible, mm -hmm. it, as it seems at least, and they, they, really work just like that well together. And yeah. I really thought so many aspects of their storyline were, were moving and relatable. And I think that you know, it's, a, it's actually similarly with Cameron. People's questions about him are like, can somebody be that nice? And you're he's just a really great that, guy. That, he is my boy. I call him like every other day. Um, recently, this whole week has been a little hectic, so we haven't talked this week much, but like we would talk like every other day, just like, dude, how have you been? How's life? And like, that's somebody that like, like he's always going to be like my boy for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's like one of those people that we just open up. Like I, I could not talk to him for like years and we would yeah. just pick up right where we left off. He's that type of guy. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad a, to hear he's like as nice as he seems. Yes, he is. He, and he's like very, very smart, very, very intelligent. So like the whole scientist thing is really yeah. funny because like 
that dude is actually like that smart. Yeah. And so he's a great dude. Love the guy. And Lauren is just is just as smart, but like she she has that like like punch with that personality that's like oh, so sweet and just like she's just such a genuine person. I I'm happy to hear that. Like I I really enjoyed them as a couple, and I was so excited they got married. And she just like. Corny, I mean, like she blew my mind how beautiful she looked in, on her wedding day. Yeah, Usually, she's... a makeshift thrown together wedding, it's like a little touch and go. But I, I was like, oh my god, yeah, like she's... stunning. And the the funny thing too that somebody submitted as a question is like, can we talk about Cameron's big dick energy that he bought a house for kids? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Cam, you my boy, I love you, bro. Hey, no, you were like, ready. That's you were great. Ready. He I, was ready. Who, I, I love that. There's a two-story porch like the notebook. He was ready. Hey, that that man. He hey, he knew exactly. He was that. He was set on it. Same you'll, same thing. You'll have to ask him for me and mm-hmm. then uh, message me because one of my listeners is super hung up with why he had a weed whacker on the second floor of the balcony. Um, like, what weeds are you whacking on the second floor? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Like, Who would? No, like, this is this is what I mean when I say to people listen to this love detail. The one thing two people asked that um, there was actually an article in New York Magazine as like a pop culture arm called The Cut, mm-hmm. and and I am very funny about this because as a female podcaster, people are very uh, rude and judgmental and harsh about women's voices and not about men's. There, the, the cut wrote an article about Jessica's voice changing, almost akin to that of Elizabeth Holmes of the Theranos, you know, the woman mm. who like faked her voice. Yeah. Um, that she had like baby voice talking to men and normal voice and talking heads. Did you notice in real time her voice would change? Or was um, it more of an affectionate type of thing? Not, not, you know, honestly, I didn't notice it until looking back. Okay. Straight up. Like, I, because I, in the pods, like her voice, like it was like this comforting thing. And then, like, you know, I didn't know, like, until we got to, like, Atlanta or, like, towards the end of Cancun or Cancun and then Atlanta. Like, she started, I'm like, she sounds a little bit different. Maybe she's just, maybe she's just mad at me or something like that. And then, like, I look back at it and I see the voice flux of, like, different yeah. styles. So it was, like, a little, like, weird to look back on. But, like, I just, I was. In real time. You in real tell. time, no. I, could, I, I didn't tell at all. Like, but pe- I did, I saw that the, of the cut. I saw, like, the cover of it, like, me holding her hand and, like, they, like, yeah. did that. And I, I was going to read it yesterday, but, like, with all that press, and I was like, that is kind of interesting. Like, we're like, I didn't really notice it until I watched it back. Well, because on her wedding, the talking heads on y'all's wedding day, she, her, her voice tone was way more neutral. Her demeanor was calmer. She seemed more lucid. Like she just, she kind of really seemed to shift in that scene. And that's when I really noticed the voice change. But a lot of women, I mean, if you're drinking, if you're being flirty, like, you know, you change the tone of your voice. Look at how Chloe talked to Lamar. Remember that awful baby voice? I mean, my my, my thing, I mean, I'll lower my voice a little bit. And then you're like, oh, because like, you know, everybody does it with different situations. Yeah. I just thought it was like, I was like, it's interesting. They're like carving out a news piece about Jessica's voice. Like, I'm like, man, this is like, it must, Love's Blind must be that big. Because like for someone to be like, now we're going to analyze her voice. Let's analyze her toenails now. Let's analyze, like, what What else is there left to, like, you know what I mean? Like, aside from taking it for what it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, down to the stainless steel stem where we're noticing <laughs> or, everything. Or how many flowers there were at the wedding. And then you're like... <laughs> I, I, I can't even describe to you how wild they went out of Michael's if you've spent any time in a silk flake flower aisle. I was just like, damn, we've got fake moss indoors. Like, it's happening. <laughs> 
and she would the the with the voice thing too. I noticed like there is there are ways girls say like uh, I love you without ever saying I love you, and I feel like the night she got drunk and you guys were playing beer pong, she'd be like loves you. Like it was never like I love you. It's it kind of I feel like sometimes people are like one four three like love you, love you mean it. It's like always kind of like dodging the like look in your eye. I love you. Like, I love you. And I was wondering if she, did she give you like in the eyes serious. Sober, I love yous. So, yeah. Um, okay. There was there was one moment that was, like, I think the one thing, like, aside from, like, when she told me that she wanted to spend the rest of her life with me and stuff like that after she had tried her dress, where we, where we had hooked up or, and everything. And, like, she told me, she said she loved me, like, probably six times. Like, just, like, back to back to back. And, like, we looked, eye contact, everything. Like, okay. And so, like, there, that's why I'm saying, like, there was that deep connection of, like, real I love you. Like, eye contact, I love you. Okay. And I said it, and she said it, and, like, back and forth. And then I remember there was a pivot point where she started calling me babe, and I'm like, what the hell's going on right now? <laughs> like, you know Yeah, I mean? we started babing all of a sudden, which is a big moment in a relationship. Honestly, honest. yeah. yeah. So that's why I was like, I mean, okay, I guess I got the Jess. I got Jess, you know what I mean? I got her back. And yeah. So it was, what were you supposed to think? Yeah, so I just, I just went with it. I could go with the flow and, you know. That's One interesting. Day One day at a time. Okay, the last question, I swear to God, um, is, uh, okay, somebody sent me th- this to me. There's a, a person, uh, her name is Marissa. She famously had a, um, a, a uh, live-streamed Instagram proposal, and that's why I follow her. She posted, and I don't know if somebody sent you this, she posted a photo of a DM of somebody saying to her that Jessica got an unfair edit because you had a girlfriend the whole time. And I only say that because this person has like 150,000 followers, and yeah. that will spread. I appreciate that. Uh, I did not have a girlfriend the whole time. I was okay. single before. Now, being a single man, you're, you're single. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're doing your thing. Like, I never had a girlfriend before. I've never, I never had a girlfriend during, I had a girlfriend after the experience. I will say that. So I think that's probably why it's murky because it didn't air for a year and a half and people yeah. don't know who's together and who's not. No, hundred percent. And now and this is way after the experience. This isn't like, well, you know what I mean? Like this is a couple months, I mean, not way, but like a couple months after the experience where like, you know, I'm still like figuring out what the hell happened. And then like, you know, I jumped into a relationship and like, you know, you, you do that, like, you know, it, nothing bad on her. And again, I don't want to bring anything negative towards her. It's nothing, yeah. like, nothing no, bad to not say. You know, we didn't work out and it is what it is. She, I have nothing bad to say. She was awesome and amazing. But like, I did not have a relationship during, like I didn't have a girlfriend. Like and how was, could you? That, that was very clear. And like, I was, I was very, very, very clear about that. Like to not do that because like, that's not who I am. That's not what I represent. And like, after the fact, I was even upfront about like the. I didn't tell her explicit details about the show, but I said like, "Hey, I did this show where like you know things kind of got a little wild, and I don't know when it's gonna come out, but like this happened. Yeah, and, like you know, I was dating somebody very, very, very seriously. You know what I mean? So like they, that was like a couple months after the show. Okay, that yeah. makes sense because like he said earlier, mid November 2018. It's now February of 2020. You could get in a serious relationship within that time, but then you're also kind of under lock and key of like what you were doing, what happened. You don't know when it's going to come out. There's a lot of variables there, I'm yeah. sure, of what yeah. you can say. No, for sure, and I, like, and that's what, what's so unfortunate that like they like where was the time to be in a relationship during the experience? You know what I mean? Well, like, also, if I were your alleged girlfriend and you were like, see in 33 days, I'd be like, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the same. And, like, my thing was, like, I'm not going to, like, that's no relationship. No. Okay, I, good. But I did get into a relationship after the experience. I will say that. That was, okay. that, that, there's truth in that. Yeah, I'm, which yeah. makes total sense. You were 100%. quite literally left at the altar. So <laughs> I think you have the right yeah, to take Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I got left at the altar. And then, like, um, we ended up breaking up before the show came out. Not because the show was coming out. Yeah. But just, like, other things that, like, you know, you realize, like, we talked about, like, boundaries and stuff like that. That, like, just nothing, no hard feelings. It just didn't work out. Yeah. You know? and, there's, and there's no ill will towards her. She's amazing, too. So yeah. any, anybody, again, it's less than anybody you date. It's just they teach you so much. And, like... Uh, again, thankful for Jess, thankful for all my past relationships. Right. That, like, I just take that in stride. I appreciate you clarifying. I appreciate the question, honestly. I, I don't, like, I had heard something like that through the grapevine because I don't, I don't talk to my ex anymore, but it's like, it kind of was like, that's not true. Like, I, and you know, you get that like eyebrow, like, what? That's yeah. not, like, that's not true at all. Like, right. and I will say we dated after the experience, which I got left at the altar. Like, right. you know, like you said, it's like, you just, you, we went into this relationship. I was upfront about everything. And like, you know, turns out that that I think was like a, one of those things that kind of like put a rift in the relationship during it that I was always trying to mend. And like, yes. and it was again, another thing that was never my fault. But this time I actually was like, Hey, like, I love you, but I think we need to like go our separate ways. And I was upfront about it. Totally. And I can, and I think we can all like, that would be so confusing on anyone's end to like hear about a vague show that hadn't come out yet. And mm -hmm. now the show is like so big. You almost would, it's, it's like such a, yeah, it's a confusing yeah. situation, and, but. And yeah, and it's rather unfortunate. Maybe taken out of context or whatever it is, but yeah, it's pretty unfortunate that that got twisted up. Well, um. It's a good thing you clarified that. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm really glad you asked it. So I wasn't sure if you'd be offended <laughs> if I asked you. No, um, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty upfront about everything. Court, can you think of anything we didn't cover that we were dying to know? Uh, what's next? Um, I don't. To be honest, I'm seeing how kind of like kind of like letting the dust settle from the show coming out and premiering, and like I'm still doing my thing as a personal trainer. Um, I want to help as many people as I can with the platform. I uh, this past April, I fought for my first amateur boxing fight uh, that oh, I ended cool. up winning, but I fought for a good cause. I raised uh, over $3,000 for Mental Health of America. And so for me, like, uh, mental health has been a big thing because, like, I did, in my mind, I know plenty of people that suffer from anxiety and depression and, like, something that I dealt with, like, whether that was the beginning of college and growing up and, like, things that I always felt like have, like, I've had to still overcome to this day. And I know there's plenty of people that have that. So if there's any way that I could help of, like, tell, just telling my story, I'm not an expert in it, but just, like, through what I've gone through and what I've seen and what I've experienced, like, being able to tell people, like, you can get through anything. It's just taking it one day at a time. And, like, using that and fitness to kind of bring it all together. That's <laughs> amazing. No, I think um, that's an important thing to caveat, too, with these shows, even just watching how um, fans interact with people and, like, the comments and stuff. It's like... Every, like people are people you need to give people the benefit of the doubt even you know if, like yeah it's not appropriate to give your dog wine but like I think we need to um also remember the intensity of the situation we're allowed to be multifaceted we can have bad days we can project from our past relationships we can drink too much like shit happens and people really go in on people almost unfairly to be mm. these uh, it's almost just a myopic view of them as just being this one brand of thing when I think it's important anytime you're watching reality TV for the sake of the person's mental health too that they're much more dynamic than what their edit portrays exactly and that's what I keep trying to tell people about Jess I'm like dude she's not like all that everybody keeps portraying her like she's 
we were just people trying to figure it out. Like she's like, she's deeper than that. Like, which is why I built an emotional connection. And like, we did have those deep conversations and she's great. Like obviously it just didn't work out. And that it is, and that happens. And it's just, just so happened it had to be in front of everybody. So like, but stuff like that happens in real relationships. And so like, I think that people can look at her as more of like, she was just going, like dealing with the way she knew how. And now she's, I know she's way better for it. So like, that's good. You know, so, and that's why I want to tell people is like, yo, like, we were just going through it, like cut her some slack and like, you know, she was just trying to figure it out. So I know everyone I'm sure is going to ask you this for the last, the actual last thing. When people ask you if you think love is blind, what's your response? Um, I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be the hopeless for me. Yeah, I think it is because I think that you can't fake a true connection. I think no matter what, like, like I said, Jess will always have a special place in my heart, but like, like the eyes don't lie. The mm-hmm. body language doesn't lie. And when you're sitting there with someone that like, you're like, you feel it. Like the air gets a little tense and you're like, yeah, what, what's up with you? Like, I don't really know you, but like, there's something like, you know, something about that person that's way past this like physical thing. Right. And like, mm-hmm. cause like you could be attracted to someone, but then you're like, mm, like, or physically attracted. And you're like, oh, okay. That was cool. That was nice. But like, you don't, but when you feel it, you're right. Like, I think that that's what makes love like kind of blind because like, you get blinded by every that whole that intensity of whatever that is, right? right? That moment, and so I think yes, it is because I think when you can actually take away the the voice in your head telling you like what they think of you and really go into who you are, then I think love can be blind. You are so you're so wonderful. I'm thank so you. happy to get to meet you, and thank you for opening up and explaining everything, and from like the little nuances to the broader emotional lessons because I think while an experience in a reality show that could be easily trivialized, I think as a viewer, you can learn a lot from watching this. How are we judging these people and their decisions and what would we do in that situation? And I think it's just something that's impossible to understand unless you were there and you reminded me to cut people some slack, which I hope the people listening to this will too. And I hope people are good to you. They should be. You are so wonderful on the show. You're a great example of how a person should uh, treat a woman who's trying to navigate their own feelings. And thank you for being respectful to Jessica now and then. But no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Seriously. It was nothing but a pleasure. And um, again, allowing like you're uh, again, I want to speak this like you're really good at what you do. And I really appreciate you. Like you like set the floor up to be vulnerable and like open it up. And so like you start like you like I really do. And you said female podcasters get like a little bit of flack. Like you're really good at what you do. So I want to make sure if no one's told you that, like someone being here with you, like it was an honor and like a pleasure. Oh my gosh. God bless. Thank Thank you. you. Tell your mom I said hi to me. Love her. I will. And have a great time in Chicago and I'll do an outro later. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I thought it was an interesting conversation. I have so many follow-up thoughts that are too many follow-up thoughts that would put me way over the edge for the duration of this episode that I'm aiming for. Uh, So it'll go up on Patreon because Courtney and I recorded an immediate reaction episode right after we recorded with Mark. I'll add my additional thoughts. I have extra, I have additional thoughts on, um, you know, the, where I feel the discrepancy lies between his interpretation of events um, and Jessica's, their disconnect of feelings, what I think of how what he experienced differs from what we saw on TV and what he maybe wasn't aware of but that was going on. Um, you know, how I feel about him having the intentions to like live his truth and say yes at the altar, even though he knew she was going to say no. It's complicated and I have more context just based on even talking to him off mic um because he was truly the same person on and off mic he even like he's talking so positively positively about jessica and his ex-girlfriend 
um, even when we weren't recording. Like it just it would be so much effort to go on a show you didn't know you were walking into that you'd never seen before and to fake a version of yourself that is a complete departure from who you are. Like it's really challenging. People's true colors like typically do shine through um, for better, for worse. And he was, I don't know, I was really impressed by him. And um, while I think that there is probably some difference of definition as, as it relates to the girlfriend and there's some like potential overlap, it's a whole different issue I want to talk about because people keep sending me screenshots and I don't know. And it's like, you know, what's, how do we separate? What is a messy entanglement of a breakup based on a, you know, impossible intertwining of incompatibilities and long-term issues that two people can't untangle to a place where it can be a linear, you know, narrative. They explain to others in a simple way. It's just any way it's positioned, it's going to sound insanely complicated. Um, but you know, when is it just a messy breakup and when is it like something more like problematic and worth calling out? And like, in the world today, there's so much uh, the the water is muddy of of between those two things because I think we all have, have been in relationships where we like don't really need them aired because like it just didn't work and at the time you're pissed and it's and the inevitable discomfort and um, anger and resentment that is a result of diverging lives. Um, but then at the same time, it's like I you know want to believe women and if there's a real problem, it's like I care about that and. It's like an interesting position to be in because you just believe what people tell you. That's all you can really do until you have proof of otherwise. And um, I can only tell you about my experience that was positive and I'd love to elaborate more on. Uh, but also having, you know, listened to him talk about it, watched back a couple of the episodes. I do have some different opinions on on my take on this. It's, it's Sometimes it's hard for me in real time to maintain a level of presence in the conversation while also like pushing back, prying and playing a little bit more hardball, which I'll get better at. Uh, but I really hope you enjoyed this. And, um, you know, I wasn't lost on me that this was a privilege given your level of interest in the topic. And I hope I did right by you. That's all I ever want. And um, it means a lot to me that you listen to this point if you got here. Uh, leave five stars rate and review join be there in five's totally casual breezy facebook group we have a bit of a queue right now i'm working through it taking a few weeks so sorry um and yeah buy my book twinkle twinkle social media starts a parody book about social media uh come back next week we're talking about debutante balls and royals uh which keeps getting which got pushed back because of this episode but uh, you guys are going to love it. Love you tons, Merit. Thanks for your patience. And uh, don't forget to go to Patreon for two more Love is Blind related episodes. And you guys are the absolute best. I am going to, well, I played a song earlier because I like of all the songs with the word like blind or eyes in the title, like for some reason, Paris Hilton's Stars Are Blind came into my mind from the same era as Lindsay Lohan's short-lived singing career with Rumors. Um, you know, it's not a bad song and Paris Hilton is a, you know, a, a staple, a, an important long torso in the early aughts that deserved to try her singing career just as Kim Kardashian, you know, took a stab at hers with her song Jam or Kendall and Kylie sang their song about helping Kris Jenner try to, you know, urinate in public. Uh, featuring their friend at the time, I believe her name was Pia Mia. She was very talented. I wonder where she is now. Anyway, this song about blindness is one of my favorites that I feel is a very overlooked by um, this group. Now, way before Darius Rucker pretended he originated Wagon Wheel, he was a member of Hootie and the Blowfish, one of my honest, honest to God favorites of all time. 
predominantly because of the song Let Her Cry, which if you listen to this podcast, that tracks. I love a song called I Go Blind. It's fantastic. It will take you back. Speaking of being taken back, I'm going back to my roots, doing a short pump Virginia, Richmond, Virginia hometown show, St. Patrick's Day, Tuesday, March 17th in two weeks. I'm so excited. And um, I hope I get to meet a lot of you. And I hope those of you that know me from childhood aren't coming to just like snark on my career. But if so, you know, God bless for buying a ticket. And um, then I am announcing, well, I just announced an Atlanta show uh, Friday, May 1st, my first Friday at night. I'm so excited. Somebody gave me a Friday date. Can you believe it? It's at City, City Winery Atlanta. You guys have been like so ATL strong and trying to get me to come there. And I promise the venue you would. So please do. Uh, I think it'll be so fun. I cannot wait. I haven't been there since like a 2000, I don't know, five volleyball tournament. Hoping you can show me a good time. I really can't wait. So tickets go on sale. City Winery Atlanta on Friday. Look in my stories for a link. If you're a City Winery member, there's a presale Wednesday. Not all venues let me do Patreon presales. Trust me, if I could, I would because you're the real stars. Um, but, uh, anyway, I cannot wait. And you can also look at be there in five.com slash live if you're ever looking for all dates. So anyways, guys, love you so much. As always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear.